here it is, everybody. The Moron Voice Audio Show. And uh, you know it. I'm your host, Ian Lawrence Deathbox Junkins. Super excited today to have another musician on the show. I like talking music. Everybody knows I like talking music. Today, I'm joined by a uh, one of my favorite local bands of all time, The Drummer, Andre. Say it with me now. Tranch Montang. Tranch Montang. I spelt it wrong on my note sheet. He corrected me. This is Andre Tranch Montang from the band Pinsky. That's how I know him from. I'm sure he's, depending on how who how who knows him, it's not always from Pinsky. But for me, it was uh, Pinsky. Pinsky, yep. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. We probably haven't talked or seen each other in at least 10 years is what we were saying. Yeah, 10 years. I think it was 11 years for our last show. So I was... I had to, because I'm 30, so I must have been 20 or 19. I was thinking it must have been 19, so I'm 19 or 20 I was last time you saw me. Really? Probably, because... Wow. you didn't have a mustache? Probably did not. I think I still had a buzz cut, though. Yep. I've always, I've, I've rocked the buzz cut for a while. Did not have a mustache. This is probably the last maybe seven years. Okay. This is a small one, too. So Steiner Street played with us a lot, and you know, Brandon Pratt, B. Yeah. Pratt. Grew up with him. Yeah, he... Uh, he he wasn't allowed to come into some of our shows because he was so young when he played with Steiner Street. Right, of course. You guys probably played a lot of Twenty One Up shows. Yeah, Pinsky did. Yep. So for those who don't know, by the way, Pinsky is a band. They were a Portland, Maine based band, right? Yep. But commuted from other areas in New England, like a pop punk band is what I always. Yeah, we were pop, pop punk band. Pop punk, you know, emo. I don't emo. know, you know, that kind of thing. But uh, uh, one of my all time favorite uh, local bands. Well, thank you. And uh, they uh, had a lot of songs about like drinking and references of drinking. So that's what I'm saying. They probably played a lot of 21 Up shows, correct? We did have a lot of uh, drinking as a theme to a lot of our songs. So, there, is there a song with like beers clashing and people like like it sounds like a jolly time? Maybe is like kind of like a noisy. Yeah, there was. A, I don't know. There was a party that yeah, we had, like, like a party we, sound. right? Yeah, we went to a party and I I went to school for video production. Okay. And so I always had like a video camera like my early 20s. And so we had taken all the sound from one of the parties we had and like put it into one oh, of our songs. Oh, sick. I couldn't tell you what song that was, but I remember it. What We're Doing. Because I, I probably started. That's what it was called. The song what was We're called, Doing? Yeah. Was that on the first one? That was on the first one, yeah. I probably started listening to that first one in 2009. Is that when it came out maybe? Yeah, 2009. Yeah, it sounds about right. Um, Love that one with Beverly. Beverly. Huh? Yeah, that's uh, there was a music video for that. Yeah, that was. That was kind of cool. It was super cool. We went to uh, Brooklyn to shoot that. It's kind of before. Now it's really easy for bands to do a music video compared yeah. to then, I would say, right? Yeah. So the the guy that did that music video, John McCarthy and his buddy Charlie, I can't think of his last name. I just talked to John the other day. Um, they had all worked on like major network shows like Gossip Girl. Oh, sick. And uh, Law and Order. But on the weekends, they would do like their passion projects to bands. Well, no, to like to build their reel to get onto like more and more better programming and to like, you know, you know, pursue their career and their, you know, their direction. So on that Beverly shoot, there was like actors and actresses, like a 20 foot crane. Really? There was a makeup girl and the makeup girl I thought was really cute, but the makeup girl thought Pete was really cute. Really? <laughs> Pete was the guy, he had a beard? Yeah. That, the guy who sang with the beard? Yeah. Right. She, she liked Pete. Damn. Yeah. Classic. That's like some, uh. Classic band romance. Right no, that's there, classic huh? Pete and Andre. Classic but Pete. God, and Andre. that's hilarious. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, that it was like kind of before every band had. It. Now it's very easy to do your own music videos and stuff if you have the ambition. Yeah. But that was an. I just remember at the time thinking that was like, 
it made it looked like a real video to me as a, maybe an 18 year old kid or whatever I was. So we are fortunate with that. Um, so you mentioned that Pinsky kind of was like from two parts. So Pete and I grew up together. We've known each other. I mean, since we were kids, pretty much. Mainers. Mainers. Our parents still live around the corner from each other. Really. Um, and then the other two guys in the band, Jeff and Mike. Well, Mike came in after. They're from New Hampshire. Okay. Jeff played guitar? Jeff played guitar. Mike played bass. The original bass player, Adam, we all like grew up together playing in like high school bands together. Okay. So um, did it start? How, how did Pinsky start? I guess I don't, I don't know that. All right. So Pete, Adam, the original bass player of Pinsky, uh, we all were in a band together called Local Nothing. Okay. Like that was like our high school band. Like punk rock high school band? Yeah. Which I think, I if I was going to go to my parents' house, I was going to bring CDs. I think you'd really like our first CD. Oh, it has like I that. wish you brought it. I'll bring one to you. It's like, a, it has that like that same like punk rock vibe that you played and listened to. Sure. So we were in a band. Um, we all went to college. We grew up a little bit. So the band kind of dissolved. But then Pete graduated college. I'm a year and a half or two years older than him. So he's like, hey, I need to move to Portland. And then Adam moved in with all of us and we started playing. That's kind of how like... Started playing Right, together. so it started after college. Yeah. Oh, cool. I always thought maybe you guys started a little bit younger for some reason. Well, Pete, the three of us did. We had been playing together right. since we were you know, teenagers. Right. I, I just remember like pretty much like starting to get into shows with my first punk rock band, The Good, Good Times. Times. Named, actually, a, named after a Blink-182 tour. tour. The one that – so let's pause here. Uh, one of the podcasts I listened to, you said uh, Blink Worship. Sure. Because you guys are all Blink fanboys. Yeah, Dickies. Famous stars and straps. Yep. You know that look? Yeah, we all had that look. So, yeah, I knew that uh, when you, your band was called The Good Times, it was because of the. That's how we first ever talked. Because it was the tour where Tom DeLong got arrested for underage drinking. So, ah, that's incredible, isn't it? That's my blink knowledge. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. I could probably. Yeah, I, I remember we would talk about blink back in the day and like those kind of bands, like those kind of punk rock, poppy yeah. pop punk bands, Bouncing Souls. I remember we talked about a lot back in the day. And that was cool because like uh, I was just younger. You were a little bit. I don't even know how old you are. You're not 39. See, when you're younger, the distance a... seems a little bit. But the older kind of punk guy talking about Descendants or whatever was pretty rad back in the day. And I just remember um, first time we, you, you knew that. You know, you approached us and we're like, Blink-182 tour. Yeah. It's hilarious. <clears throat> so Jeff, the guitar player in Pinsky, we would always like, Pete would like, this is like before, uh, you know, Spotify and whatever. He would always like, I always had a computer and buy, would buy CDs. So Pete would like play like a snippet of a Blink song and Jeff and I would see who could name it the first. Oh, sick. I love that game. I don't know. If, I couldn't do it anymore. But like back in the day, you know, you bought a CD and you li you, you, you listened to it from start to finish and you I read every lyrics it. and... Yeah. yeah, and you would like look at the back when you're listening to it. Yeah, and you're like oh, dumpweed. You're reading. You know yeah. what I mean? Whatever it is, hilarious. Yeah, the older I get, the worse I am with song names. Maybe it is because I'm not looking at the back of CDs and stuff, and I just like let it play now. Yeah, it's pretty much what but it I'm is. I'm always like, what's the what the fuck is the song name? Even ones that I know, like a Blink song. Sometimes I'll have to like look at it. Obviously, that's one D clear. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but you grew up in Portland, Maine. I grew up in Sanford, so about 45 minutes south of here. Sweet. And that's probably how uh, the New Hampshire connection was easy to do a band, no? No. So Pete went to art school in um, Beverly. That's why we have a song called Beverly. Yep. Yeah, he went to school in, uh, art school in Beverly. And he, like, either girlfriends or friends, they all kind of just, you know how that is. Like, yeah. trickles down, right? Trickles down. So that's how we knew Mike did. Um, Jeff, I went to a starting line concert. Sick. And I went with this girl. And I was kind of nervous. So Pete, being the good friend that he is, he just fed me like a shit ton of alcohol. 
How old were you? I was like 20, uh, 23. <laughs> and so we go to the starting line concert. And Drunk. I was hammered. And uh, yeah, I was pretty hammered. And so we go to the starting line concert and I meet Jeff's then girlfriend who I had known from like growing up. And she was like, oh, this is my boyfriend, Jeff. He wants to be in a band. And I was like, cool. Hammered. It doesn't even mean anything. And then uh, he hit me up on MySpace like a couple days later. And he's yeah. like, hey, I don't know if you remember like talking with me, but love to come over and jam sometime. He really wanted to be in a band. He wanted to be in a band. <laughs> he wanted to be in a fucking band. He wanted to be in a band. And that's kind of how. Uh, wow. So Pete, Adam, and I were all living into this like really shitty apartment together, but we could play music there. Yep. Like I could have a full drum set. Rad. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he came over one night and we're like, he's like, "Well, do you want me to play you a song on guitar?" And he's like, "Name a band." And he, would, you know, we said, "I think the Ataris." Uh-huh. And he was like, "Name an album." And he just was name like, an album. album, and he could just he knows every Atari. Yeah, he, song. he knew every Atari song. Incredible. So, so I guess I'm wondering now, like. Did you do the drums in school, or did you like kind of punk rock play the drums? Nope. Um, so I'm the youngest of six boys, and uh, we had a, a practice pad in our attic, and we had a trumpet. Oh uh, yeah. And I assumed that if I was going to be in like you know school band, I had to play either drums or trumpet because that's what our family had. Right. That was probably not the case, but that was some weird you know thing I made up in my head, and I was like, I'll play the drums. Yeah. Sick. So then you just like played drums. Did you do like the the, the role for the national anthem. Oh yeah, stuff. I was in. I played trombone in band. Yeah, I did the role for the national anthem, like the, the big crash symbols for that, and like the marching band. Oh, sick. Yeah, I always wanted to do drums in band. I was so jealous. I was like, damn. I was like, why did I sign up for the fucking trombone? Because you wanted to be in a ska band. I kind of <laughs> was thinking that because I was like less than Jake, and the the band director was like, he was cool as shit. But he was kind of like, everybody wants to play the drums. Like, we can't have too many kids signed up for the fucking drums. Like, you play, you grew up in Old Orchard, right? Old Orchard Beach, yeah. yep. They have like a small music program, really. But what was rad is that band director, who kind of told me not to play the fucking drums, he would let any kid pretty much go in and like use the guitar amps or the bass amps and like the school. And like, you could start your own rock band. Oh, that's kind of, cool. you know yeah. what I mean, with your buddies, if you, you know. So that's kind of originally how we all started jamming together because we had that spot otherwise there probably wouldn't have been a spot right really we didn't have gear so my parents got me my first drum set after i played for like a few years they were really supportive actually like i'm sure going back like thinking about it i was probably like a dick kid like most kids are but they were really really supportive so they bought me a drum set so everybody would come to like my parents house to play sick so your was, yours was the jam spot? My house was the jam Did spot. Did people leave their amps there and your parents were pissed off all the time about it? Well, not at first. And then we got jobs. Yeah. And then the amps went from like the little practice amps to, to, to like... The, the <laughs> to, real amps. To four tens and cabs and... What I call professional audio yeah. gear. There's amps and there's audio gear, right? My dad would be like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah. And it got louder, right? It got loud, yeah. Oh. And you're like playing punk rock and stuff, you know? But when, we, when Pete and Adam and I's first band started Local Nothing... We didn't know how to book shows, so we would rent out like vet halls. Yep. And my mom would give us it was either two hundred and fifty dollars to rent out the VFW or three hundred dollars to rent out the Knights of Columbus. It's not bad. It wasn't bad. My mom would give us, you know, two hundred and fifty dollars or three hundred dollars and I would sell tickets for five bucks a piece, put her money aside, and then just divide the rest between all four. And you bands. usually paid it? Oh, did, we, did you usually I got could, the, the I could never tell you a time that we didn't make it. Amazing. So dude. we would sell like Whatever the math is for, don't ask yeah, me. Five times five, so fifty tickets, and we make that two hundred fifty bucks, and then anything else, we would just be like, "Here's gas money." That's all. That's a, like the ideal of anybody setting up a show. That's how it goes, right? Yeah. So we would do that. There was like 
a couple in Sanford that we would play and a few in like Bitterford that we would play. Really? And there was a couple other bands from like neighboring towns and some in Dover too. And we'd all kind of like, well, I put you on a show last weekend. Can you put me on a show this weekend sort of thing? Yeah. That's how it all that's, know, yeah. it intertwines and you make friends, band friends or whatever. Yeah. Sweet. Wow. I can't, that's a pretty rad thing to be like giving you 300 bucks to rent out a fucking whatever Lions Club or whatever yeah. the fuck it is. Right. I mean, we, we all had like, you know, jobs like Pete worked at Bull Moose. I always worked in restaurants. And so we, my mom knew we were like good kids. We weren't like perfect kids, sure. we, you know, but we weren't like. Same here. Bad kids. Like, they say the good, bad, not evil yeah. or something, right? You know what I mean? Like, just rad. I'm wondering, like, because I know you're a big Descendants fan. Love the Descendants. Right. And I don't know if it's your favorite band, but it, like, I it felt like it was when I was a kid because of how, how much we, we talk, probably only talked about Descendants two or three times, but it seems like a million times. Or would they be in a Mount Rushmore? Is that four people or five people? Four? I think four. If you were to give a Mount Rushmore of like pop punkers or punk rockers, however you look at it, I guess. I don't really care if it's but uh would descendants make the cut for like that top five or four? Alright, so I'll say the top five bands that I probably listen to the most. And I'm not even gonna say that they're my favorite bands. It's probably the Clash. Really? The Descendants, H two O, Bouncing Souls. I said Clash Descendants, H two O Bouncing Souls. Yeah, I mean, just that's four. four. That's four, yeah. I didn't know you liked H2O. That's yeah. Sick. I'm finding out a lot of people love H2O, and I just never really knew oh, it yeah, until the podcast, because they come up every fucking episode now. Are you kidding me? One life, one chance on the stomach? Yeah. Maybe I'll get a picture of that with the thumbnail, because that's sick. It's winter weight weather. I don't want no photos of my guy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah. So, H2O, Descendants. The Clash and Bouncing Souls. Clash and Bouncing Souls. I didn't know you were a big Clash guy. That's rad. Yeah, I think uh, London Calling is like the perfect record. Probably is the most perfect record. You know, so I got into Pinsky because Jake Simcock pretty much like made us like, not yeah. made us, but he was like, you like Pinsky because like they're the pop punkers around here. And uh, he also, some crazy advice he gave me and my buddies when we were little yeah. kiddos was, all you have to do to make like a sick impact really is to write a record better than London Calling. And I'm, it's like easier said than done. Yeah. But it's great advice. That, good luck. Yeah, that's a good yeah, luck. That record is a game changer. I mean, it, it was, was a game changer. It was a game changer. Yeah. I remember the first time I heard Rudy Can't Fail. I was in the eighth grade and I was like, this is crazy music. Lost in the Supermarket. That was insane song. That was like the first Clash song. I was like, whoa, this is, this is different. Like, I was just going to say different. different. This isn't like, you know, you hear like the radio or whatever and then somebody shows you. Something else, and you're like, "Whoa, there's this whole." You didn't even know no, about yeah. that vibe. Right? Yeah, because you would hear like, um, was like "Lost in the Casbah" or "Rock the Casbah," "Rock the Casbah," and like a couple other like hit songs. Which are that, good. They're, they're good, but then like "Rudy Can't Fail," um, Janie, Janie Jones. Oh. That's a great one. Yeah, I, I was like Guns of Brixton. Yeah, Guns of Brixton. Yeah, that, that might be a cover or something or something. I think, but it's like how whatever. How are you gonna come with your hands on the hips or your oh, trigger your gun? Right. The it's probably the most serious like punk album ever made. Those yeah. are like some serious lyrics and stuff. Serious music too. I think he's like probably one of the best bass players in rock and roll. Paul Simonon. Yeah, just on that record alone. Even the first Clash record, the bass lines are crazy. Growing up playing punk rock bass, I'm not much of a bass player anymore, but um, I like loved his bass lines. Yeah. I couldn't play him for shit because he executed them. You know, I didn't have time for a few <laughs> fucking years here. You know, I was a fucking punker. So. Uh, Matt, is it Matt Freeman from Rancid? Right. That's how he learned how to buy, play bass by learning the Clash records. Yeah, it shows. Because yeah. he's like the best punk bass player. Yeah, and Outcome of the Wolves is also 
probably that's probably like top desert you know top five desert island records for me it really doesn't get better than that dude and like that's one of those records i don't like right now in life i don't always put that on but whenever i put it on i'm like loving every fucking second of that album through being cool by saves a day is that record for me oh yeah i can just put it on once like i don't know every now and then i'll just like like i want to listen to through being cool and it's just like perfect you know, it's kind of like me with saves the day now too like i don't listen to them consistently but yearly i do and yep. when I do, I'm like playing air guitar while I'm driving to those riffs, band from the back porch or something. Is that yeah? Someone, you know that dirt and it like seems like it gets a little heavy. They do. They started off as a hardcore band. Yeah, yeah, and they're respected in the hardcore scene amongst people like H2O and stuff. Yeah, they uh they played Bane's last show. Did they? Yeah. Oh, I never got to see Bane, man. Neither did I. I fucked up like three times, so I just didn't go. And I was a big fan, so it sucks. Bane's a take it or leave it for a lot of people. People don't really like his. But I think it's funny. Uh, if I had to give off the top of my head, I'll give you my my pop punk pop punk rock Mount Rushmore. It is actually a lot harder now. That I'm about to do it. I would say Blink. Yep. I would say H2O. I would say I would say the Ramones. I love the Clash, but I love the Ramones. Rocket to Russia was my first vinyl record I ever got. That's my favorite Ramones album, and I listened to it. I've listened to it so many times. That first song, Cretan Hop. I mean, that is just incredible. So I'd have to say the Ramones. And then, uh, so, I got my Straight Edge one in there. Big fan of Straight Edge Hardcore, so I always try to put that in every list. I just think it's so tough. Blink, H2O, Ramones, and, uh, you know, I will say The Descendants. Wait. Did you go to The Descendants in Portland a few, yeah, must, out of yeah, few I did. years ago? I, I did. Know. I went with B. Pratt. Did you? Yeah. Yeah, I went. I was fucking, that was when I still got drunk. I was hammered. But it was a great show. My buddy was super hammered at that show. Did you ever see them before that? No. That might be an off-air story why I didn't see him before that. <laughs> um, but, you know, my dad, you know, kind of old school guy and, like, you know, doesn't love, you know, doesn't love that, like, you know, I'm covered in tattoos and wanted to you be in a... You are covered in tats. I didn't really know that until you yeah. flashed me. But, he, he, you know, he never, like, loved the fact that I was into punk rock, but he knew how much I loved The Descendants, and he called me the next day, and he was like, I know you've waited, like, 17 years to see these guys. How was it? And I was like, it's perfect. Yeah, they're fucking. They were. Per- they, they're fucking perfect. They're really tight. They're so tight. And Milo's a good singer. Yeah. And did you have you ever watched Filmage? Yes. I watched that movie and like I pre-ordered it at Bull Moose. Like I went and bought the Blu-ray and I had yep. to wait for it to come in. And I watched it and then I just fucking watched it again. Dude, Bill. Bill Stevenson. Ah, uh, I mean, I always respected Bill Stevenson. Obviously, great punk rock producer. He's produced yeah. many fucking bands. But uh, after that movie and realizing. Every, all the shit that guy's been through. Jesus Christ. And he's still a fucking hard ass. Yeah, and he was like in Black Flag and yeah. all. Obviously all. I loved him in Black Flag. That's like some good era of Black Flag. And if you look at the interviews, he's just really tough, kind of like this in the back a lot. While Henry's like kind of mouthing off. Yeah, definitely. You got to put Descendants in there for me. Yeah. they got. That's like why I started drinking coffee. Now I'm addicted to coffee. This is uh, my second cup. Is it? This is my... I had a couple this morning. So on because of the show... I don't. He, you haven't listened to uh, much, I'm assuming, and, and that's fine. But uh, I like slam coffees sometimes. I like chug coffees. Yep. With people, and um, I'm developing. I think it's from that stomach <laughs> pains. Because when I have more than a couple cups now, I used to be like a three cup a day dog. You know. Yep. Now I'm like I feel acidy. Really. And I'm like I don't know if it's because I'm downing so much coffee. I podcast once a week, and I don't always slam coffee. Sometimes I do. I tell you, you never feel. The feeling you have when you're talking to yourself, slamming coffee in a room by yourself, very sad feeling. 
but comes out great on the audio. Did you ever skate? Um, I was never great at it. I could drop in. I could ollie and like pop shove it. Sanford had some parks in that your, your era, I believe. They did. We had one in Springvale. I think we had two in Springvale. But one of my buddies. It's a shitty one by that 7-Eleven. Do you know that? I think that is Springvale. Yeah, that 7-Eleven. Is it still there? Yeah, mm-hmm. but I know the one you're talking about. It burnt down when I was in high school, the 7-Eleven. People That's, were, were on the show that yeah, told me about it. I was like, are you kidding me? I remember, like, friends, like, breaking in and, like, stealing, like, burnt, like, snapples. <laughs> <laughs> That's so fucked. But uh, we had this we had this buddy. He, his uh, dad was a meat cutter. And so he had a barn where, like, the bottom floor, he would cut meat. And on the top floor, it was empty. So when all of my friends were in high school, like Pete's friends, they were a couple years younger than me, they all took shop class to learn how to build ramps. And weld rails. Sick. So we had like an indoor skate park. That's so rad. Yeah. Did you ever build like a half pipe or anything sick like that? There was like, a, I think a six foot quarter and a five foot quarter hey, on one wall. Great. But then there was like a six foot quarter and a five foot quarter on the next wall. So you would like kind of go, it wasn't a half pipe. But, but you could kind of skate, skate it. it. Yeah. Have some lines, right? Yeah. I watched, uh, so I did like creep you out, like not creep you out, creep. No, that's creeped fine. On, creeped on you. Yeah, sure. Type my name in. Yeah, Instacreeped. Is that instead of Facebook? So, like, you did like a little, like, uh, I was watching you skate in like a mini bowl. It was like a kid's swimming pool. Oh, yeah. But it was like, but it's like a concrete pool. Yeah, that little, yeah, he made that. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. It's right in his backyard. In the summer, it looks, I think that video might have been in the summer. It gets very green and beautiful. Very great place to skate. That's awesome. Um, He just did some artwork for the show I'm really excited about. But yeah, one of my favorite things is that the small, mini bowl which is usually found in like a backyard or a basement if you're very lucky somebody will have a bowl in their basement you know really? there's a lot of crazy once you get into skateboarding there's like a lot of like people who have bowls that are low key you know what i mean like you know not everybody at the skate park's gonna know this guy's a bowl in his fucking basement or something but huh yeah there, there's some low-key main secret skate park bowls Interesting. Yeah. So that that's some of my favorite stuff to skate. I skate some like really big boards sometimes. Skate like a, an eleven inch wide board. Yeah. I, the, so, I sometimes think, I do. It was a podcast. I think it was one of the years where you're talking about like the widths of the trucks. And right. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, I listen to. I mean, we we geek out about all that fucking shit on here sometimes because it's just interesting and the intricate a quarter inch it makes your completely ride different. Yeah. You, you snowboard. Yeah. I love. I know snowboard. that. And, and I love. I know. Snowboarding. I don't know much about snowboarding. Sometimes I, I hate on snowboarding just to be funny because it pisses people off. But um, I know that it's like similar where like when you're adding a small amount, your shit's gonna ride differently. Yeah. How long have you snowboarded? So that's kind of actually when you know when you're like come on the podcast and you're like, how did you get into punk? You know, we were talking. It was kind of snowboarding. Was it? Yeah. The videos. No. So when I was ten. I wanted to snowboard, but um, I went with, like, a buddy who wanted to ski, and his mom, you know, because you're 10, you know, your parents take you, and she's like, you guys are going to get ski lessons. Yep. And uh, <laughs> you're like, I was fucking, like, what are you going to do at 10 years old? You don't have much say in the game. You're getting ski lessons. <laughs> yeah, you're getting your ski lessons. So I skied for three years, and on the third year, we went to, um, it was like a school program, we went to Shawnee Peak or Pleasant Mountain, now it's called, yeah. every Friday night, and on the last day of the year, it was a full day, and I tried someone's snowboard. And, like, so my dad was like, all right, well, it's the end of the year. You've skied for, like, three years. We'll buy you, like, an end-of-the-year deal. And I was like, no, just buy me a snowboard. And he did. And he's like, you're stuck with it. Like, yeah. if you don't like it, kid, you like it. <laughs> are fucking expensive when you get a brand-new setup. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, this is a, many, many years ago. Right. So, but he bought it for me. And my older brother had just started. And um, he took me. And on the ride, ride home, I remember this. He had this mixtape that he made. Had the Clash on it. Had the Rancid on it. But it also had all of this, like, other 
like music on it that I had never heard, like Warren Zevon, Bella Fleck and the Flecktones, Hindu wow. Love Gods, Lush, Veruca Salt. A lot of different kinds letters of fucking to, shit. Letters to Cleo. Lush is a good one. Lush is a good one. But he he definitely liked uh, the female fronted like alt Sounds rock. Like yeah, it. yeah, alt rock band. Sick vibe. But I that's kind of like how I got into like punk rock because I start like I didn't like what like was on like the radio. What was on the radio? Like no diggity by, and like <laughs> no uh, fucking diggity. Like you know a lot of rap music. Yeah. Like like Dr. Dre. Like yeah. I mean Dr. Dre's. Amazing. And Snoop's amazing. But, like, I didn't like it. You wanted, like, yeah, something else. Yeah, I wanted something else. So I kept listening to that, like, tape. And then, you know, like, bands like Eve Six or Smash Mouth would come out or Everclear. Everclear was my first CD. Everclear's sick. Everclear so is Smash sick. Mouth. Yes. Yeah. So, like, I kind of always, like, gravitated towards that, like, alternative stuff. But it was because you took me snowboarding. And, like, wow. I just kind of was like, I don't like... Like the bullshit. Yeah, I don't like that. I I know there's something better. And my other older, I have a lot of older brothers, but one of my other older brothers is a big surfer. And uh, I would always go to his house and like watch his surf videos and I'd like Pennywise on them. But I didn't know who they were, but I was like, I like this more than I like whatever 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 was on the radio. Yeah, whatever was MTV was The Clash was like your your gateway band for for punk music. Well, I mean, my gateway band to like punk rock proper would be Blink. Yeah, sure. That's like it was so accessible, right? You know, that was literally on the um, what's this ride called? Do you know this? It's like a merry-go-round, but it's like sleighs, like in an amusement park, and it goes and they play music. There's uh, one in OLB. There's like a bunch of these all over the place. Oh, I know exactly. But they go fast. Like, when I was a kiddo, like they played Blink on that, yeah. and that's how I was like first listening into Blink when I was a kid because I was like, this is sick. So like, damn it, was like their first hit, right? Right. And I liked it, but I didn't like, I didn't like associate it with punk. I didn't know like what punk was until like i got enema of the state which okay. sounds really weird because i liked the clash and i liked rancid and i liked the, all these other bands but i didn't understand what punk was until it I was got, just the sound yeah i just didn't i didn't get it i didn't get like the i didn't get like the i thought it was like a look like oh you, you spike your hair wear studded belts or like whatever i didn't get it and then um enema of the state came out i put it on what's my age again and then dysentery gary came on and i was like what the fuck that riff like the opening riff, they said the F word within like 10 <laughs> words into it. They're making fun of people that like metal. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, and I went on their website and they were like, this is like early internet. They're like, we listen to the descendants, the vandals and no effects. And I was like, oh, well, I need to figure out who these three bands are. And it was over. It was 100% over. I didn't, I didn't look back. Like I heard that song and I was like, no, I'm into punk rock now. It was dysentery Gary. Yeah amazing it was dude. like that like song changed are you kidding me well that is a perfect song for what you're looking for yeah you're 16 years old tried to grow his hair out listening to slayer. slayer yeah that song like you're like fuck it i was like fuck it i hate jocks i was not cool i had like my circle of friends and i was like this song great makes... album great album not like not a desert island record for me what do you think about the new blink like the that skiba blink i wasn't a fan of skiba blink so I'm a fan of Skiba. I'm a fan of Skiba. I know you. You. I, I'm assuming you are. Yeah, I'm um, big the, yeah. the like new song there, Edging. Have you heard that? I think it was a softball. Yeah, I I didn't like it. I um, think it was a safety but I, song. I, I'm I'm optimistic. I think it was a safety song for them. It was kind of weird. Yeah, you know, it was kind of. A, I was just like, the song is just not that good to me. Yeah, it was kind. I'm cur- I I kind of like the more um self-titled, like the more kind of. I don't know if you want to say goth, but that kind yeah. of more like, you know, dramatic Blink-182 vibe. 
But they've never really replicated that 2003 album or whatever it was, the self-titled. Yeah. Um, edging was a little soft. So what about Blink with Skiba? What's your opinion on that? Uh, Blink with Skiba, I think he carried the torch well. I liked... I liked a handful of their songs. Like, I don't think they're bad records. I don't think it sounds like Blink. I just, the producing was a little heavy. Like, you can really tell the. Well, I don't think John. Producing. Like, I don't know if this is controversial or not. I don't, I don't, I don't like that John Feldman produced it. I agree. I agree. I, I, I think I, that's the problem. I think that's the problem. I think that's the problem. He produced like Five Seconds of Summer. So, and yeah. Stuff. So it's like, and actually, I never really listened to Five Seconds of Summer, but I did after that album. Yeah. Because I wanted to, like, hear it. And I was like, I can tell. You can hear his sprinkle of uh, pr- production. Yeah. And I was well, like, he it like, sounds super produced. Yeah, he helped write lyrics. They had like other people like guest write lyrics and stuff like that. Too many Will O's and stuff. Yeah, I wonder if they had like a, you know, for lack of better terms, like a punk rock producer, what would it have been? Right. Um, he's there. Uh, Another pair for a record from here to infirmary. Great record. Great record. What's that? It's I know it's track three on there. Take lots with alcohol. Cheers. I love that <laughs> that drum shit in there. Yeah. I mean, pretty much, I like all of the, like, um, OG trio stuff for, like, at least, I don't know how, they have a lot of albums, that band, but like nine they have more hits than misses over for me. For me, There's too. There's only, like, a couple albums, I'm like, eh. But um, uh, most of them, I mean, that I really like that. Uh, is The first one, the one with the three clocks? God damn it. God damn it. Yeah. I, I mean, I still listen to that one all the time. And uh, trio... Not trio with Blink. Skiba with Blink was just a little, you know, he kind of is a better fit than some people. You know who I wish they got? Who? Uh, Tim Armstrong. How funny would that have been? That would have been fun. <laughs> that would have been fun. That would have been fun. You know, I, I don't think he could have done it. <laughs> I know. I know, man, but it would have been hilarious. I actually thought, like, it would be cool if they would have gotten Dan from Alkaline to play. Yeah? I think that would have been a, a different fit. Dan's a different kind of vibe. Yeah. You know? I th- I don't know why they went with Skiba, but well, you know, it's another three piece, and he's kind of got that. He's, a, like, he's got the front man, that in your face voice. Yeah, you know, he kind of yells when he sings a little. So I saw them at when we were young. I went to when we were young festival. Did you? Yeah. How was that experience? They sold nostalgia very, very well. Right. They was did. it like well, like you I spent one hundred and twenty dollars on PBR that day. <laughs> did you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, and I. I've heard I've heard about the expensive drinks and shit from that. Uh, it was worth every penny. I was gonna say it was worth every it was, fucking you're, penny. You're smiling. Well, yeah, it was a great day. So, so it's ju- it was just like Warp Tour. You kind of had to like pick and choose. Go around. Yeah. So I got there was this one stage that had like the starting line, Alkaline, Bayside, Census Fail, um, All American Rejects, and I ended up getting like I don't want to say stuck. You pick and choose. Yeah. And I was like the bulk of the bands that I like are on this one stage so i just kind of hung out there and so like I, I took my nephew to go see my chemical romance at td garden did you and i'm like well you know i saw my chemical romance for 25 dollars, and now i'm say, sp- spending 300 dollars and like watching them on tv so for me i was like you know i don't need to go see my chemical romance again from a mile away yeah i'm gonna be in the pit and that was so you, you got to see starting line huh yeah that was your second time seeing them huh or did you see? Because you told me you saw them when you were hammered. Yeah, uh, at least my second time. I, I, maybe I never at Warp. They're a band I never saw. Huge maybe fan. at Warp Tour. Because they broke up. Right? They did break up, yeah. but I think they just do like the yearly reunion things. I like every single one of those records. I knew every single one of the like. They were never like a huge. I was never like super into them, but I knew every word to every song. Some people think they were a little like 
yeah, girly or I don't want to call it girly, but you know, it's a little, it's even yeah. different than like Blink One Eighty Two or yeah, something. Yeah, they were they're mall punk. Yeah, like I mean that him in that first music video. I don't know if that's if you remember that oh, yeah. uh, Best of You. He yeah. looks like a mall punker or something. Yeah. You know? They all look ridiculous, ridiculous. Yeah. But the songs, I mean, they, he was like seventeen or sixteen when they wrote that song. That's incredible. It is incredible. It's still like that's in like pop punk hall of fame. Yeah. Best of me. Best of you? Yeah, best of me. Violent Femmes? Yeah, that sure. was on that mixtape that my brother had that he played. Do you consider them punk? I don't know. I, what, I don't know what I, I thought consider. they were when I was a kid. But they wrote that first record when they were in high school. Did they? Yeah. That's an incredible fucking album. Yeah. Love that fucking album. I used to like sleeping to them. Is that weird? I mean, maybe. Kind of <laughs> For some reason, it, they relax me. That's I love fair. the vocals. Something about it. Yeah, but I think with Blister and the Sun, they recorded when they were in high school. That's crazy. Yeah. That's an amazing yeah. rock and roll song, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I thought I got into them because I I got into a lot of punk music from the Tony Hawk video games. And Me they, too. They were in one of them, so I like thought they were a punk band. I thought anything in Tony Hawk was punk. I was like, Kiss punk, like pretty much. Yeah. If it was, you know, um, I want Dustin to do a, a Tony Hawk night. Yeah. Instead of emo night, or like have like a, I guess there's like a few bands that do emo night. Have one of the bands be like, we're gonna do like uh, songs off Tony would, Hawk, Psycho Vision, you know, Millen Collin. Yeah, I would love to. Oh, love that song, Pennybridge Pioneers. That's a perfect record too. That's a great record. Yeah, that's a Desert Island record for me. And I'm pretty sure they never broke up, and they Melancholy still just like rocks hard in Canada and shit. Uh, uh, Sweden, Sweden, that's where they are. Okay, yeah. give me Canadian vibes. I knew they they weren't uh, a, a U.S. band, but uh, you ever see that band? They're called Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. No, that it's just like a cover band. They got kind of famous on the internet a little, but really, um, that's funny. They just do a bunch of what from all the different games, and uh, Tony sang with them before. Yeah. Oh, like uh, Mikey and his uke. Uh, have you seen that? It sounds like I I heard the name. Mikey and Izuki gets like all these people from different bands, and they do uh, different songs. And uh, I think Tony Hawk's done like Superman by Goldfinger. I seen him sing with Goldfinger, Goldfinger, and I was like, that's pretty sick. Um, hopefully, I mean Tony Hawk could probably produce a better Blink record than Fieldman. Yeah, I think Fieldman was like the bummer on it. I gotta want to like shit on anybody, but I mean I like to pick on like the punk sometimes because it's like. You know, I actually like them. I'm just picking on them. Yeah, you know that's I mean? fair. Th- these are famous fucking old men now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, and uh, some of the shit I say about myself on here, it's like that's worse than saying Fieldman fucking sucks. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought it was overproduced, and I'd much rather see. Did you ever get into Goldfinger? Um, I sing. I've seen Goldfinger a few times. I mean, I never got into them. Got into them, but I always thought they were a little uh, like a shittier version of Less Than Jake. I loved Less Than Jake. Me too. I still do. I just don't listen to them, but like. When I think about it, I'm like, dude, that shit was sick. That, Hello Rockview, was that the record? With the yeah. guy jumping into the pool? Yeah. That one was sick, dude. So that's how I got into, like, figured more of that, like, the punk stuff out. So after, like, I got into Blink, my cousin e- Eric E-Rock, um, he was, like, more into punk rock proper. Okay. So, like, I remember him in junior high wearing, like, Dead Kennedy shirts. I didn't, you know, really know who the Dead Kennedys were. Sure. But he was like, dude, if you like Blink, you're going to love Alkaline Trio. You're going to love The Promise Ring. You're going to love... Next step. You're going to love The Get Up Kids. Um, MXPX, you know, you're going to love all these bands. And that's kind of how it, like, evolved. But I would take the liner notes and be like, wow, Blink-182 thanked Less Than Jake on two of their records. I'll go out and buy their CD. And that's how I, like, built. Right. I was of that generation a bit, too. And I, I, I just do miss, you know, the names are all so small because they're claiming every band yeah. they, they like talked to that year. Yeah. And, you know, and it's like, oh, but if you watch like a lot of those like old videos, you know, like when they got on like TV, like a band like, you know, Blink was on like on like the Tonight Show or whatever, like music, they would have like, they would, 
they'd have like the bands that they listen to on the their H2O shirts. H2O shirt. Show, like, yeah, like, yeah. Right? I've seen Toby talk about like how they've, to this day, I wore make the, that I, fucking shirt. I wore this shirt just for Are you. Are you kidding I me? I wore this shirt just for you today. I'm going to have to fucking buy one. I want one of those so bad. Oh, the H2O Go New York shirt. Yeah, I Amazing. wore it just for you. Iconic shirt. You know, yeah. and they still sell them, he says, because like that people band, like yeah. remember Tom in it. Yeah. But I remember when they played, they had like Scarhead and like all their other bands like Madball. They, Toby wore like a Madball shirt. Yeah. What late show? They played a late show. Yeah. Sang Memory Lane. Yeah. Memory Lane. That's a good song. I like that's the record some people don't like. And I like it kind of it's kind of a little more like he's singing. Yeah. He because I love his podcast. My favorite. That's a big influ- in- inspiration. Yeah. So that podcast is awesome. He always talks about like how he didn't write any of the words on that one. Yeah, and he don't like it really. Yeah, right? he's in like because he thought it was overproduced. Yeah, and his brother who plays in Offspring, Offspring. was a big part of it, and it yeah. kind of shows a yeah. little. But I, I like, I think that was my second H two O record, and I really like that was my one of my favorite growing up. Nothing to prove that was one of my. That's probably their best, in yeah. my opinion. Skiba sings on that one, and uh, that was produced by Chad from a Newfound Glory. Have you heard Toby say he would like to yep. have Chad do a Go? Yep. Uh, remake. I think that'd be. I think he just wants it a little more like. Hardcore, which those songs probably when they play them it sounds a little edgier. Well, I that's imagine. what he said. He's like, I like it when we play them live. Yeah, I've never seen H two O. Super bummed on that man. Seen them a few times. Um, I saw them open up for Boxcar Racer. At the that's Poli- the dream tour. <laughs> oh, that's the dream tour. I saw them open up for Boxcar Racer with the used. With the used. Um, not a used fan. Although the used put on one of the best. The used sucks, kind of right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they're like Feldman put them together. That they're, they're, they're yeah, they're like, yeah. And like at the time, I did like them growing up. But sure. in retrospect, I'm like, I would never listen to these. Yeah. So they opened up for them. Um, I saw them at, I think it was called like the Surf and Skate Fest. It was the night that the movie life broke up. The first, yeah, when the movie life broke up, they played that. And uh, I saw them at a Warp Tour where Chad from Newfound came out and sang with him. And Madball just stood like this, just like bodyguard. Arms crossed. Like, you're not, you're not getting here, buddy. They have a long history of having H2O's fucking back, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. Get in its, cu- you know, that's what Guilty by Association's about. Judgment. Madball. Yeah. Yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, that crazy oh, fucking so summer. I saw Madball this past summer, and that was a bucket list band for me. Unfortunately, my, the bass player of Madball, Hoya Rock. He's not in anymore, right? He's like situational, because like, he lives in Florida. So depending on where they tour, so I didn't get to see him, and like, I always love Hoya. Yeah. He used to be big, dude. So he's I was always, like, yeah. Yeah, he's like jacked now, kind of. So, uh, but so I was a little disappointed Hoya wasn't there, but they still rocked. I mean, Freddie Madball's like gray beard, and he's like in the crowd, like he's hardcore, dude. And like he will fucking fight you, I'm pretty oh, sure, yeah. still to this day. If you, you know what I mean? So I was like, yo, in it to fucking win it. Mad respect to Madball. Uh, you said like uh, aging punkers, so no effects breaking up. What do you think of that? Okay. I don't know. You you've only listened to a couple of shows, but I that's a band I pick on is No Effects. I grew up loving No Effects, obviously. Yeah. But I kind of think they like kind of suck a little bit. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean by suck? Like, I think they don't play that good. Like, kind of. I don't think it's to me. No Effects kind of sounds like shit to me now for some reason in life. Okay. But I, uh, I think it's good they're breaking up if they're fucking. They've put out so many records, so if Fat Mike is done, then he should be done. done. Yeah. You know. And, like, dude, like, yeah, I pick on them, and I say they suck. I say Fat Mike sucks and all this stuff. But they are, like, top level. I mean, now they're – so they came out in 89 or 88. They're early, No, early, earlier than that. They came, earlier than that. They were right after Bad Religion. They started because of Bad, bad Religion. Religion. Yeah. So and, I'm uh, so massive they, respect. 40 years, so 
So that Clash wasn't around for yeah. 40 years. Yeah. Ramones wasn't around for 40 years. Nope. Blink-182 can't stay <laughs> together for a year. You know what I mean? So it's like, I respect this fucking thing they've done. But I just kind of think, I'm like, I'll listen to Longest Line or something. You know yeah. what I mean? What's up with you and, and uh, No Effects? I loved, like, I think uh, Pump Up the Valium was, like, one of my favorite records growing up. I love that record. Musicianship-wise, I think they're underrated. Yep. Like, they're underrated as, like, musicians. Everybody, like, talks about, like, How they suck like I do. Or, or you know, how they're, like, offensive and whatever. But, like, uh, El Jefe, he went to music school. Um, Who's the who's the, the drummer in that band? Smelly. Eric, Smelly. Mel- Eric Melvin. Okay, I thought he was the guitar. Uh, oh, Eric Melvin is a guitar player. Okay, okay. Eric Sandini or something like that is a drummer. I'm, Eric Smelly is sick, and he makes sick surfboards. You see, he seen does. Those? Yeah, pickle sticks. Those are incredible. I was like, Do am you I surf? Start? I've like surfed. I grew up at the beach and shit, but I like haven't gone in the water in years now. And I never. I've caught a couple fucking waves. Here. I'm a wannabe surfer. I have a board. I wish I did it. My older brother what you got for a board. Ah, uh, something shitty I bought off Craigslist. A bic. Yeah. You know those? Yeah, it was a bic. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but my brother Dave is really good at snow uh, surfing. He's like surfed all over the world, but he lives in a rundle. Oh yeah, that's kind of close to this. So he probably surfs out of uh, like Kenny Bunk or something. Yeah, I've gone like surfing with him at Kenny Bunk. I've gone to um... Kenny Bunk's really good surfing, right? Kenny. Yeah. yeah, Kenny Bunk. And where do I go up here? I go to Higgins up here. That's a place around here to surf. Yeah, but I... I'm not good. I am not a surfer. I'm a hundred percent wannabe surfer. I think I'm a pretty okay snowboarder. I never got like super big into like tricks or whatever. Can you do like a melon or something? Yeah, I can do all that little stuff and hit little rails. What about, can you kickflip? I can't. I can't kickflip. Isn't that amazing? I'm 31. Been skating most of my life. I can't kickflip. So during the pandemic, I'm like, I'm gonna fucking learn how to skateboard. I went and bought like a brand new Alien Workshop board. Nice. Sat like, there and collected dust yeah, right next yeah. to your fucking surfboard, right? Yeah. I think I, it's on my I will t- I'll text you when I get home. It's on my surfboard right now. Is it? Because, I, I was picturing yeah. it like that. And then like I was picturing like a fixed gear bike next to it. You no know? fixed gear my, bike. My buddy's got his mountain bike and his surfboards, everything piled so, up. It's like, yeah, that's the junk pile. So my roommate has he got into surfing a little bit too, and we have like three surfboards, two longboards, and like The thing is, dude, if if you're a working man, good luck surfing because, like, surfing is not on your goddamn time. Oh, no, it's not. So it's like you have to, like, how am I ever going to get good at this? Skateboarding, you can go out and at least learn wherever. Yeah. Surfing, it's like you can't really learn unless there's something to learn on. Right. So that's also why I never got that good. Also, not the best swimmer. I'm, I'm a ballsy swimmer because I don't give a fuck. So I'm like, oh, risk it. You know, and like uh, classic. I had like a bad time surfing. Like I thought I had bad times. Then I had this one time. And I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. You know, I was just like stuck in the fucking water, <laughs> dude. Like, and I couldn't move my neck. And I'm like, ah, drowning. And I, that was the last time I surfed. Really? <laughs> yeah. But like, I would if there were small waves and like I had I, a buddy of mine who surfed fucking actually died. So like, he was like my one like surfer friend. So I don't really have a friend who surfs, yeah. I guess, too. He would get me jacked up. I like skimboarding. Yeah, yep. do that. Yeah, yeah, throw the thing yeah. down. I got like a pretty sick, like two hundred dollars zap skimboard. If you know about like the nice ones, I do not. But they're kind of like fiberglass, you know. It's like and they're kind of concaved. Sure. So they like, boom, they really glide. So yeah, that's more my my take on, on on the beach. So that's like two inches of water. Yeah. <laughs> so we kind of like touched upon like the the H two O Toby Morse podcast. What do you think of the the movie? Like so, Vinny Caruana. A singer of movie life, I am the avalanche. Let's go there. That's like the, that was like my first like favorite like new punk band. Okay, that wasn't mainstream. 
Did the you movie have, life one? Yeah. I, I never got super deep into the movie life, but I grew up and they were on my iPod and shit. That was my first tattoo. Oh, God, I got to see it. So it says, tomorrow might be all I get. That was like my first tattoo when I was a kid. Got the PMA. You got both your arms tattooed? Wow, you got PMA? Keep my that. buddy has, I think, on the same arm at the same place. But I got PMA. it in the NWA font. That is the, with the red behind <laughs> yeah. it. That's hilarious, huh? Instead of the it's yeah. kind of, usually the Rasta font <laughs> yeah. or something from the bad brands, right? Yeah. Wow. But it's funny. My like Obviously, PMA is like super into hardcore because of bad brains. Bad brains in every yeah, band. Yeah. Right? But my mom, she always tells me you got to keep that PMA, Andre. That's amazing. It, but she's not really. In the know of it? <laughs> yeah. Maybe she's read the book. Did, did uh, you ever read the book? Uh, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Well, and then his, his that one, then he wrote the Successful Thinking with a Positive Mental Attitude. I don't know. My mom's always like, keep that PMA. Um, shit, my cord. But uh, that's so that's adorable. Keep that PMA, PMA. my baby. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? You got like the? I like, dude. So I like start. I got tattooed for a couple years when I was like a kid, and then I just never got tattooed again. Like, and not. I just like. I, I don't want to say I got over. I just like stopped ever. So I have a bunch of shitty ones. I have one I got when I was eighteen. That's my friend who's dead. Oh, I got a it's rough pumpkins. I got a, an angels and airwaves tattoo. I got when I was sixteen. After seeing them at Warp Tour, okay, I waited like all summer to see Angels and Airwaves at Warp Tour. This was—I uh, don't know if you're an Angels and Airwaves fan at all. I was—I uh, um, went Team Plus Forty Four. Yeah, I—I I like them both, but I'm—I'm I'm, like more of an Angels and Airwaves guy than Blink guy, really. At really? this point, yeah, like some like I like new wave kind of shit, and like Tom's newer music's really like kind of Depeche Mode esque a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So it's like I'm like this is interesting to me. Maybe is I'll all, give but, another uh, listen. So I got uh even the first record's great. I mean, I like fucking U two, and the first record's like a U two concept album you know what i mean so if you don't like you too you're probably not gonna like that first record this was on the second album when like he kind of like was lightening up a little bit it's pretty uptight there for a minute tom was you know yeah. with the sunglasses and shit ridiculous but so sick um so yeah i saw them they only got to play three songs of warp tour because of a thunderstorm so really? i got to see like tom in a thunderstorm which was kind of epic then the next day homie hit me up saying there's a guy who's giving you illegal tattoos and i was like Angels and Arrows is my favorite fucking band now because I just saw them in a thunderstorm. So I got Angels and Arrows when I was 16. Can't really get it. Oh, yeah. See that? Oh, and, yeah. and if you look, the tops of the A's aren't even. You see how one's flat? Yeah. One's. They're both supposed. The thing is, it's very symmetrical logo. Yeah. This is not very symmetrical. That's good, though. And then this, this was professionally done. I just, I'm a beach guy. So I went to the beach and I burnt it all the fuck up. Like, after getting it, that's a Pokemon. Okay. Big Pokemon guy. Have you seen that, like, Pokemon video? Like, it's a. Some guy like mispronouncing like Pokemon names, and uh, this person gets on real... purpose. I don't know, but he was like, I seen a lot of videos that are kind of funny, and like it'll be like you know some like younger fucking Pokemon fan like showing like their mother Pokemon, oh, no, and they're like, like, what's a... this? And they're like, Big Bird. No, I'll, I'll show you it after. It's really really funny. Oh uh, yeah, and then I got one on my like I got like a little skate skate goat like a pentagram skate goat kind of vibe. Oh yeah, that one was my last one. I do want you know what I want. T tell me uh, if I should tat. Or skip, I guess, is, is the name of the segment. Tiger on, on or Panther right here, classic. Classic. That's what I'm saying, right? That's kind of what I'm go going for, for now. Just because I never got one people can see. Yeah, go for it. Because I was like, so I haven't got a tattoo in 10 years. I got them when I was like 16 to 21. Okay. And then I just like got I, out of it. I budget money out of every paycheck to get tattoos. So, yeah, I was wondering when you're, <laughs> if you're still getting tattooed. Yeah, so I don't have tattoos. On Who my... should I go to? That's the thing. I don't know how to like – I don't know how to get a tattoo. Can you teach – like explain to me how, how I should go about getting one? You got to figure out what the style you want is. I like traditional tattoos. That's kind so... of what I'm going for, I think, right? So I think the mm – -hmm. like I love Death or Glory out in Westbrook. Just yeah, down right the, down the road. Just down the road. They're, those guys are awesome. Um, Jay Zangi from Gold Star. Um, yep. 
at, uh, let's see, Adam Gray, who used to book Pinsky, did the the PMA and the cocktail picks. Damn, right. I'm jealous of that PMA. Love the PMA. That's amazing. And you got the one life, one chance. Jesus. Yeah. Do you I have a Blink-182 tattoo? No blank tattoos. What the I hell? have uh, two H2O tattoos. Those or, or you have two separate? Well, no, H2O I mean, tattoos. I wouldn't say PMA is a H2O Right, I didn't know if that yeah. was like a reference or something. No, so uh, Pete from Pinsky, he went to art school. He does like graphic design or something for Google now. And so his now wife had got him a tattoo gun for Christmas one year. And like I was waiting tables and he calls me. We would go out every night after work. And he calls me. He's like, "Don't come! Don't go to the bar tonight. Come home." And he pulls down his pants and he tattooed Mario <laughs> jumping. And he's like, "I think, I think I could do a good job if I do it on somebody else." And uh, I'm like, yeah, "All right." So he colors it in and it looks all right. And he's like, "You can let me tattoo you?" And I'm like, uh, "I guess so." So we're sitting in our like in our apartment in his bedroom, and uh, I get FTTW. Faster than the world by H2O on my leg. But like Pete's holding the tattoo gun and he's like shaking like a mile a minute. And he's God. like, he's like, are you ready? And I'm like, are you fucking ready? <laughs> so we, uh, we each take a shot of Jameson and he has like gloves on and it's like sterile, you know, like it's not dirty or anything. He, he gave me a pretty bad H2O tattoo. Sweet. And he gave uh, my buddy Couch a pretty bad uh, Zelda tattoo. And, a pretty, and he gave my friend Big Bear a pretty bad uh, Fleur de Lis. All in the same night? All, I don't know if all in the same night, but all in the same leg. And uh, his Mario tattoo is the best out of all of them. Oh, my God. That's so fucking funny, man. Yeah. but for is, ba- is, is it Mario facing him or is he facing that way? I was picturing him like the head at his knee. like doing. No, no. It's like, it's, correct. It's correct. It'd be yeah. like head closer to like his hip area. I see people on like TikTok and they'll <clears throat> tattoo themselves facing their way because they're practicing. I'm like, this is just awful. Yeah. I, that's also kind of I was turned off from tattoo culture with like this weird sketchy tattoo yeah, thing that like came that. on the internet that I'd see and I'd be like maybe I'm like not a tattoo guy is all you know I was like maybe I'm not about like the sketchy tattoo thing not that all tattoo I'm not saying all no, tattoo no 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 I know what you're saying like I don't like that either like I grew up it was like a respect thing like you had like shop loyalty you got you got covered before you got like the job stopper like hands and neck tattooed you Sometimes know, people just, just have that. Yeah. Name. So, like, to me, that wasn't, like, I guess it kind of goes back to, like, punk rock and, like, hardcore music. There's, like, a protocol. There's, like, there's, like. There's kind there's of, like, like, a stepping there's path like of a, rules yeah, to follow. Yeah, there's, like, an honor code, you know. Like, exactly. Yeah, more of a code than rules. Yeah, like, yeah, anybody can get a tattoo on their neck, but, like, that should be, like, the last. Yeah, don't you want, like, a sick chest, chest piece, piece of, or like, like, a or fucking full, bear or, or something, full bro? sleeves, yeah. yeah. You know, That's what like, I always thought. Like, you start with the arms, arms or, or, yeah. or, like, your legs, like. So, I mean, I started – well, I guess my wrist was, like, my first one. But, like, you know, I went, like, down on this arm and then – You got a back tat? Yeah. So, I literally don't have tattoos right here. Really? And I don't have, like, tattoos on, like, one of my inner thighs and, like, my right leg is kind of empty. But I'm pretty – So, do you get tattooed, like, what, 10 times a year? No? Uh, well, now it kind of, like, goes through phases. If I get, like, a big piece, it takes a while. But if, like, you're not like, oh, let's get tattooed – we go get like a banger, yep. you know, like that'll just be like a one and done thing. But so like right now, I want to do my right rib cage Cadillac, show. like no. Travis Barker, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yo, I thought that shit was so sick when I was a kiddo. Me too. I, oh yeah. Oh, oh my yeah. Yeah. God, I was like, I'm getting in that, and I'm getting it. You know, I was like, No, you're not. You're a fucking idiot, kid. I was uh, sick the other day, and I was watching Jersey Shore because I just wanted like something mindless. Yeah, sir. Sure. And like Polly D has the big Cadillac tattoo. I know. What a ridiculous fucking tat. Very of the time for some reason. It yeah, just, for That sure. looks so good on MTV. You it know? really did. For some reason, the Cadillac tattoo 
Looks so good on MTV. I also like the one he has on his uh, chest. He like multiple Cadillac tattoos. Travis Barker has. Oh, he's all covered now. Yeah, yeah. he's like a hundred percent. He's like covered and then covered over. Yeah, that's weird you know? to me. Uh, well, what about okay? What about um? Do do you think Travis Barker's a little weird these days? I'm not trying to get you to talk shit about fucking famous punks here. All right. So obviously, as a drummer. You idolize Travis. It's like, can a drummer get some? Yeah. yeah. I, I love that. Travis Barker as a yeah, musician. Yeah, I mean, he's he's incredible. Um, I grew up, so when we talked about when I got into punk rock, and I said, hey, I heard, I heard Dysentery Gary, and it was fucking over for me. I didn't li- listen, like, willingly listen to the radio for probably, like, five or six years. So like, I was like, no, I'm a fucking punker. Like, this is who I am. This right. is what I like. You listen to punk, you listen to hardcore, you listen to ska, you listen to emo. Like, that yep. was, like, that's what you listen to. So, I don't know. We never listened to rap. We never listened to, like... So, for me, that's kind of like, why are you doing stuff with Machine Gun Kelly, dude? Right. That, that guy's a fucking poser. I never liked Machine Gun Kelly. I thought he well, was a I did black li- rapper. I did like him in uh, the Motley Crue movie. I did, did too. <laughs> yes, right here. <laughs> Nobody likes that movie besides me. Um, but you yeah. like Motley Crue? Not really. I like, do, and I thought maybe that's why I like it, but I like it as a comedy. They're like yeah. squirting across oh, the It's fucking funny. No, and kind of looked like Tommy Lee. He the, really in, did, in yeah. The, I will say he was good in that. It was probably the top of his. His album sucks. I mean, uh, the top of his career is Megan Fox. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I think everybody would agree with that one. Um, But, yeah, I just fucking hate yeah. it. I don't like any of that pop punk that he's, like, producing. Yeah, I don't like weird. any of, like, the new pop punk. I probably stopped following pop punk, like... Around the last time I talked to you, like ten ish years ago, I haven't really listened to many of the new bands. I listened to like some, like uh, the story so far. That's like the yep. newest pop punk band I know. I don't think they're new. Any, they're like no. t- ten years old, and I don't even like all of their albums. I mostly is stick- that guy filling in for Chad on guitar on, with the Newfound tour. Is he? There's one. Chad's guy- like sick. Yeah, he's sick. There's one guy from one of those bands that has like it's a Newfound Glory name. Mm. I don't know, the story so far. That's a newfound. Right? Yeah, that, that's a n- name on uh, the song. Yeah, I was in a band named after Newfound Glory too. Truth of my youth. Truth of my youth. Yeah, that's what I was gonna ask you because I remember you from Good Times. Mm-hmm. You played bass. You had the, uh, the Dickies. Not- <laughs> I thought you were gonna say you had the Dickies. Some people say that. No, you had a. Uh, it was an Ernie Ball. Yeah, it was like it was like, it was like the, the Ernie Ball the knockoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was like Stingray. Right? Yeah, yep. I still have it. And then um, the, your friend Pat. Yep. He sang in Truth of My Youth. Yep, and we were kind of like a. Uh, Kind of like Lifetime, Newfound Glory, that kind yeah. of pop punk, like hardcore pop yeah. punk or whatever you want to call it. Uh, and that was a fun fucking band, you know, because we were a little bit older. So, I mean, I still fucking sucked at bass bad in that band. But I, uh, it took me a long time to realize that you actually have to like play for it to sound good. Um, Did you do like the Descendants all like downstrokes? Yeah, all downstrokes or sometimes no strokes. Somehow I would just like <laughs> rock the fuck out and not play it. Um, But, and... I, I we played together a little bit in uh I remember playing in Wells and we, it was everybody played on the floor at an Elks Lodge oh in my Wells. God. Truth of my youth. Bunch of like hardcore bands and stuff and like Pinsky played. This was definitely towards the end yeah. of the tale. So let's uh I'm gonna dictate the podcast because that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, that's what um so let's how did you get into like playing all those shows? And then we can kinda connect how right. Pinsky Yeah how it fused all in. how it all fused um, in. So it was probably do, – do you know this guy? This guy was a joke back in the day. Before we hooked up with Jake, uh, this guy, Red Pirate Booking. Oh, yeah. And he, like, ripped off kiddos. Yeah. Essentially, right? Um, I, I mean, in the vet's hall, we fucking played so many sh- – I can swear. I heard you guys use cuss words before. So. Yeah. I, I this, okay. It's all swearing. Sometimes okay. we, like, swear at the end if we don't swear enough. Okay. All right. So, yeah, Red Pirate Booking, local nothing. 
that was like the the band you know prior to Pinsky. He was like helping us out, and he would book us at helping us out. Um, he would book us at like the Wyndham Vet Hall a lot, right. or Westbrook Vet. His Vet shows Hall. were sucky. Yeah. Uh, later on, he became a ghost hunter, and me and my buddy we would crank call him every fucking night for. And then we uh, ghost hunter. Like yeah, he like had we. This was uh MySpace days, right? Okay, yeah. Or maybe it was early Facebook, but he like became a ghost hunter. Okay. Like you know that kind of shit. Yeah. Like I'm so fucking scared. You know they're like freaking out. Um, and like he put his phone number up, so we'd call him. We'd crank call him. We'd be like, "There's a ghost in my house right now. I'm so scared." And he, and he ended up saying, "My father is a uh, firefighter, and he will get you arrested if you keep calling me." So we we dropped it there. Yeah. We were just having a little bit of fun. Yeah, kids being but, kids. So w- that was like how we got. Like out more, but we played, you know, your backyard parties and stuff when you're a yeah. little punk band. And then we realized we kind of needed to uh, find different shows. So we somehow we met, we like found Jake on the internet. Yeah. And it also came from uh, my friend Jack and Pat's band, No Difference. Remember that band? Sounds familiar. They were right with the good times. They're yeah. like the other like skate punk, pop yeah. punk band. Uh, so we like met them on the internet and then we got on shows that they were on. Yeah. And then we started playing like Deer and Grange Hall with Jake. So it was Jake, really, who, like, gatewayed my way into, like, the Portland yeah. indie music rock and roll scene. Grange Hall was such a weird, a weird place. Those yeah. shows were, like, super hit or miss. Yeah, well, sometimes there was, like, crazy shows there. Yeah. You know, when I – there's some, like, bands like uh, Trapped Under Ice. I'm, I'm, I love Trapped Under Ice. Yeah. They played there on that first album. I didn't go on that one. Like sometimes when a hardcore band would come or something, yeah. there would be a draw. Yeah. But then sometimes there was just like the bass player of the other band kind of situation in the corner watching you play. Yeah. Totally so I remember the forecast played there because I was a big forecast fan. Do you remember them? I the name I'm like I, that, I couldn't tell you a song. They had a girl bass player. Um, I saw them open up for Hot Rod Circuit, and I was a huge Hot Rod Circuit fan. I still am a huge Hot Rod Circuit fan. Um, sorry about tomorrow. That record's wonderful. Um. So they played there, and there wasn't a whole lot of people. But I remember like going there for that show. We played—I can't ne- remember the name of it—but the the singer from Me First and the Gimme Gimme slash Swinging Utters, he had a band, and we opened up for them there. Rad. But there was like nobody there. He asked he asked me if I knew where to get marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny, I'm dude. Like, oh, wrong guy in Pinsky. <laughs> I remember playing that fucking band, uh, that venue, Club Texas, a Club lot Texas, too. Growing yeah. up, like that was like a one of the first venues we would play. That was the podcast that like I remember you like talk like you guys talked about that on there. Right, I it's probably come out on a couple, of, but um, yeah, I didn't like it. I remember um, it was like not not sense of the venue. The shows just sucked there that we were getting on because dude, we were like a shitty fucking band. Like so, it's like your kids. I, there's like I feel like some of the promoters there's like different levels of shows that they're gonna let you get on. Obviously, right. So I think these were kind of like the kid shows where like mingle and learn how to do it yeah and then like we got on some more shows once we got in truth of my youth we really started being able to play with like uh more of the touring there's also that resurgence of pop punk in the late 2000s kind of with bands like transit and a uh, loss for words so we'd play with them in town yeah i think we like played. we'd open up in steiner street you know yeah. what i mean when and so there's some pretty good shows right there um i think there was like a, a gap in like the promote i think the promoters wanted to like have people like come to their show but i think there was like better ways to like showcase bands and like i've talked to this to other people like who's gonna draw but who are you gonna bring in to like get the next draw yep. you know and yep. i think that was kind of like and like i mean it's obviously like monday morning quarterback shit like you can think about how would you have done it differently 
But I'm like, well, if you're going to bring a bunch of bands together, they're all going to bring like nobody. Don't put that show together. Right. You're wasting like a bunch of – not wasting time because it's it's fun. It's punk and it's – you're playing. Getting people out of the house. Again. But like Bill – Show after show of that. Two shows like that in a row. Right. So go – like go, let's go back to like Blink. Penny, you've heard the Pennywise story, right? Or Fletcher from Pennywise. Tell it. So Fletcher from Pennywise told Kevin Lyman – from who like started the warp tour was like you're gonna put these guys on the warp tour they're gonna be the next big thing you're gonna pay them this and i will pay them this out of my pocket incredible incredible and obviously blink is one of the fucking biggest bands in the world probably the biggest punk band Band yeah so like i i think that like with like the benefit of hindsight it's like how do you build a better show like i got my mba so like i think business a lot yeah like how do you build a better show yeah how do you build a better marketing like what you know what bands are gonna like who's gonna leave after this band you know like i i think it was local nothing we used to play with headstart all the time i remember that band and people, they were they were kind of a pop punk band yeah they were that, that that vibe and like they're like why do we always have to close and i'm like why would why were you always the headliner i'm like because everybody's gonna leave when you guys are done yeah they were and pretty popular they were and like but bands like us like we would sell more cds when like we played with them because there was Instead of playing to 20 kids, you're playing to 100 kids. Yep. Yeah, there's definitely some loopholes in it. And it's also, like, Maine is, like, hard for, like, shows, I feel like. You know, when you're, like, because, like, only so many. It's so hard getting people to listen to anything, whether it's a podcast or your band, even if you're a good band yeah. or something. But so getting the word out, it's really up. It comes down to the bands fucking getting the word out, too, I think, and trying sure. to get a fan base, you know, and being super ignorant and just thinking that. Going on these shows, people are going to listen to you. Then they get there and they realize it's just what you're talking about, just the bands. Yeah, it's like the so, bands, maybe a girlfriend or two. Right. And then it's and like, like they just keep doing that. Yeah. So the bands aren't active in that way sometimes too is what – in retrospect, what I've always thought. On sure. my part too. My part too, yeah. There right. are shows where like, oh, we got to – We were kids. We were kids. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't know anything. I remember like one time we opened up for Good Old War and nobody was there. And my older brother and his wife were like, hey, we're, we, was that uh, like Port City or I think it was at Port City. And uh, my older brother and his wife were like, hey, we're here. And I'm like, don't waste your time. Don't waste your yeah, fucking like, time, you know? Jesus. Like, well, like there was nobody there. Like I yeah. wanted like, you know, I was trying to be in a band. Yeah. And you wanted him to see something. See something. And I'm like. Hear something. How are you yeah. about A show. Yeah. And I'm like, Good Old War is awesome. The fact that we've opened up for Good Old War a couple of times. Very rad. Rad, rad. rad. But like. There was nobody there. What like, are some other bands you opened up for? Uh, Ascenders of the Starting Line. No, no, Ascenders of uh, the Early November. Uh, we opened up for John Nolan of Taking Back. Oh, really? Yeah. Sick. Taking Back Sunday. I saw them in Blink One Eighty Two when they got back together for that neighborhood store. Oh yeah, they were pretty good. Um, You're not a Taking Back Sunday fan? No, I like Taking Back Sunday. Oh. Yeah, it's okay if you don't like them. No, no, I do. Um, I was listening to them earlier today. Um, let's see. John Nolan, all the the pop punk bands that you're talking about, like Transit, and like there was one we played at the Big Easy. It was like a hardcore show. Was it a loss for words? It may have been a loss for words. They were from Massachusetts. Yeah, that we opened up for them. Ascenders, John Nolan, Pete and I's for or Adam Pete and I's first band. We opened up for Strung Out, which was awesome. That's rad. Opened up for Seosin. That was sick. Yeah, I never really got to open up for like. I mean, those. Like transit and stuff, they're a little smaller, so sure. you know. But they're still they were they were big a nation band. Yeah, when you talk about them, one show that was fucked up, I got to play was at a vet center, Wyndham Vet Center, I believe, and it was with the Ataris. This was the good times, like towards the end yeah. of the good times. Good times, I was like, I'm an Atari statue. Uh, do you? Yeah. 
Uh, this was I didn't re- realize um, how small they were. They 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 got they got because this was like a show with like sixty people, and I was like, I can't believe they're playing. I thought they were at this point. I thought they were like a famous band is all, and I yeah. was like, whoa, they're like as big as Transit, smaller than Transit, maybe. But uh, my buddy was like, the Ataris are gonna be huge. The Ataris gonna be huge, and then they had like that those couple of songs, and then you just wonder what happened. I don't know. Maybe it's just because it was a cover. And Maybe. like they got f- famous for a cover novelty, because they kind of, they were kind of good. That first album was a pretty sick. Uh, do you know the song? It's like last night went to Disneyland. Disney? Oh, Santa football. Yeah, I used to listen to that Me all too. the time, dude. I haven't thought about that, that in a while. I think that song was like on every mixed CD or tape I made for a girl. <laughs> it's like the sickest <laughs> yeah. song for that. Yeah. First show I ever went to was in Old Orchard Beach at the Lions Club. X drummer of Steiner Street, Mike was, I'm pretty sure, running the show. It was like a slouchback. You know who slouchback is? No. Mike's, uh, what, how I know him as like his yeah. first band. I'm sure he had many bands, but uh, they were a hardcore metal, I don't know, yeah. he- heavy band, rock band. Uh, it was them and the sick pop punk band Syracuse Me from uh, up north in Canada. They were kind of a little more newfound glory, like old Fallout Boy-ish. Okay. And it blew my fucking mind because i went to the show in like a diy white tee that said sex pistols so it was a little different because yeah this was noisy you know how it is in a small place completely blew my fucking mind so that was how i my first gateway so i see a lot of punk shows at bates college really yeah what were those like well they were like punk and ska shows so i I think i got like yeah punk and ska at the same time so there was this band called um well it's one guy it's called adam and his package. Have you- Adam and his package? Yeah. So he played guitar, and he had, like, a synthesizer, and he'd write all these, like, funny songs. So we'd go see him a lot. But we'd go see, like, the Toasters up at, um, you know, at Bates College. The Boston, right? Toasters is a Boston band? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, Bim Scala Bim played there. And so we like, there was, like, a Bates band, like, a ska band called Mrs. Scanato. Do you think go- ska will come back? I don't know. I don't think it uh, will. I don't think it will come, like, with this emo wave. But No. It, well, that's what's weird. Now that people are, like... Making this weird fabricated reality that like emo was – I'm not saying it was never cool, but it's like we're looking at it with rose-tinted glasses right now. That's true. It wasn't like this. Like ska music is definitely hated on fucking hard now, and I wish it got the treatment that emo's getting with rose-tinted glasses, and everybody's like, it was funny. Yeah, I mean, I loved Less Than Jake. I loved Real Big Fish. I loved the Supertones. Um, well, actually, when I was in high school, like I had like a backpack and I painted like the checkerboard on like the because I was super it into went hand in hand yeah. back in the day. Yeah, so like Still I on pop punk and punk and, and hard, like I yeah, like I think I mentioned earlier that's what, like what we listened to. You could listen to punk, but you listened to like all of like the subgenres, and as long as you were in that like balloon or the bucket, you were fine. Um, we talked about Feldman. He's done like the Back to the Beach tour with like the Aquabats and stuff like that. Funny band. Funny band. Travis Barker's like gateway. Famous for yeah. playing in there. And also he, he made the child show, Yo Gabba Gabba. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know that a ska will have like the the big emo resurgence. I think they I think there's people like you can put like ska in the same category as hardcore. There are people that love ska. There are people that love hardcore. Yep. What do you think? So like the emo resurgent, right? Everybody talks about like My Chemical Romance, Taking Back Sunday, all like the bands that we've been talking about all day. But that's not what emo was. That was kind of like hate more picked on emo. Yeah. Like what people at school called emo. Yeah. Like you weren't cool. 
Right. Yeah, you weren't, weren't cool, cool because you listened to My Chemical Romance. Those were not the cool people. Those were not the cool people. Um, I remember, like, talking to girls and being like, hey, you know, like, I went and saw this, like, punk show this weekend. You should come. And you're like, no. And now, like. Right. Maybe Blink. Maybe Blink. Maybe. Something like that. Is something a- like that. I remember a girl being like, you should check out this band called Simple Plan. I'm like, ah, I saw them open up from Blink and I don't like them. That was yeah. my first concert. Simple, Simple Plan, Blank. Good yeah. Charlotte, Reliant K. Wow, Reliant K? <laughs> yeah, right at the Civic Center. When that first album came out, I don't know, if they're, you know, that the one Reliant K song. but uh, They were like a Christian band. Christian pop punk band. Yeah, and my buddy was like, his high school girlfriend was Christian and he got into them. Kind of has some catchy yeah. songs. Yeah. Uh, I saw Good Charlotte open up for MXPX. You hate Good Charlotte? Yeah, I'm on a Good Charlotte. Most people. Yeah. I, I'm rose tinted glasses hard on, but I know they suck. Yeah. Right? It's fun for me. That's the thing. I can kind of, it's sometimes hard for me to explain like how I'm listening to music because it's like, I don't think Good Charlotte's that good. I mean, catchy, sure. They're catchy, and I think it's funny. Like, American Pie is not a good movie. Well, it is. It's a fucking great movie. I need to watch that again. But um, I just watched American Pie four. Never saw it. Hilarious. The Naked Mile. Oh, those are like the like, they're, they're like new ones. Yeah, like the sub ones. Yeah, they're not that bad, they're not but that they're bad. not the same. Because it has like, is it Eugene Levy? He's in all of them. The dad. Yeah. 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 I- icon. You know, he wrote like I think he wrote. He's part of like the Spinal Tap. Really? Um, fuck. Uh, best Best in Show, A Mighty Wind. A writer? He's part of all of those movies. He's in Best in Show. Yeah. He's in Spinal Tap? I can't. I'm pretty sure he's in Spinal, Spinal Tap in forever. I, I, I might be wrong on that one, but I'm pretty sure he's part of that like group that does all of those. Like... Spinal Tap's like, I think of that all the time because I'm like always thinking about fucking guitars and stuff. Yeah. There's so many memes, but then I just never watch it. Hmm? Do you still play a lot? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got a band here. We don't play out. That's our, our tentative track listing right there. Uh, just some uh, inspirational titles. Okay. Phil stands for Phil Collins. I got that we one. Kind of play a little. Uh, is that Dinosaur Junior? Yeah, that one. That one's on the fucking fridge for sure. That one's staying there. And okay. notice how all the songs on the cut list start with a C. That is true. C K Y. So we're trying to cars. avoid that. We're trying to avoid that. Capo Seven. I'm guessing that's where you put your capo. Yeah. C K Y. Well, yeah, exactly. This is like a little like kind of like new wavy, I guess. Well, I have a really bad cure tattoo. It's like his boys. Oh don't no cry. way! That's perfect on the palm of your hands. But that everybody looks just great. but everybody just saw the c word or donut. So dude, that's sick. Yeah, big cure guy. They're a band that I got in. I kind of thought they were a punk band when I was. They kind of are, but when I was first learning about alternative music, yeah, I thought they were like punk music yeah. or whatever. So still, um, ma- massive cure fan. I listen to them all the time. Um. But yeah, so we play, and we're kind of just like writing a lot of songs. But yeah, so I still do play, and I play like a shit ton at my fucking house. I'm a fucking obsessed with it. I'm a gear guy, too. Yeah, I saw some of the photos. So I just like yeah. like to buy and sell gear like a fucking madman, you know? But I'm kind of trying to slow down, because it's a, it's a hobby that you put your money in, and it rotates, but sometimes you end up spending, too. Yeah. The goal is to not spend when you're rotating through the gear. Jeff, uh, he's a gear guy. Yep. He likes his, like, boutique and, like... Dr- overdrives and stuff like well, that. Well, he... he- He's more, I think, nerdy about it. Jeff was like the nerd in the band. He was Jeff was guitar player, guitar and sing, with a uh, not beard, not beard. Yeah, I think he has a um, beard now. He has a beard now. You know, those guys were always super nice to me and my buddies too. Growing up, uh, one time I bought two Pinsky shirts and I think bo- both the CDs at the yeah. time. But uh, the shirt with it did it have a rhino on it. Do you yeah, know the like, shirt? It's like a rhino drinking like PBR or something. Oh, on it. amazing shirt! And I'm like, dude, where the fuck did this one go? And then maybe a spaceman or something on the other. It was something. Yeah, they were all kind of weird. So it was like Pete's... Same art. I look like same artist. Yeah, so it was Pete's uh, roommate in college that did them. 
They were like kind of zany. So that's like one thing that I always like. We talked about like, like the business side of it. Would it have been a better idea to have like a safety shirt? Like just a black one that says Pinsky? Yeah, but at that point, so like that's it, all some people will wear. Yeah, but at that point, it was like you had like, like very hot topicy, and it was like want like your band's name. It was all like one word. Yeah, or like a fucking octopus uh, making uh, sushi. You remember those? Like something like that. Crazy. Yeah, yeah I kind of wonder back like of our business model for the band. If we, I always felt like we were a band's band. And we were obviously a couple of years older, but, you know, I, I kind of wonder if we made, like, the right calls on certain things. Probably not. Probably not. I mean, I'm not <laughs> hating, but it's, like, it's like probably not if that's what you're thinking. But you were young, first of all. Really, that was, like, the most, like, high-level band you were in at that Yeah. Point. So it's, like, not like you you knew – I'm not saying you didn't know what you were doing. But we didn't like, know. You we're... didn't know – you know, you wish you knew now about – so Finances I, and life. Life experience helps with bands, I think, right? Yeah. So I remember when we first like came out, we met Jeff and like we started practicing and we started writing and all of that stuff. And we we recorded our first Two for the Road, which is a lost reference, I believe. Um, we recorded that at home. That's a lost reference? Yeah. Never knew I that. I think so. Yeah. Two for the Road. We had a lo- we were really into lost. <laughs> <laughs> we would sick. have like we would have like TV night and then have band practice or like we'd have band practice and then TV night. And we'd watch like Dexter. Perfect band situation. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, Two for the Road, we recorded that ourselves. Pete was into graphic design and web design, so he had like made us a good website. Right. And I remember like getting like crapped on by like the first write-up we had. Where, where, so what was the first what, internet write up? Like, I, you know, it was like from like the Bollard or like one of those like Portland magazines. They're like, you know, Pinsky came like mall ready with like hooks and like, well, we were trying. Like, we, we worked hard. We weren't like 17 year old, 18, 20 year old right. kids anymore. We're, you know, we're 24. We're super right. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like, be prepared before we like came out into the world. We yeah. Got, like, shit on for it. Dude, I, I don't understand why they would shit on you for that. Maybe it wasn't punk. I don't know. Well, I mean, <laughs> Pinsky wasn't trying to be punk, I would right. say. I mean, it's like clearly like some punkier guys. Everybody listens to punk music or has their bands. But you know what you guys always made me think of was the Get Up Kids a little bit. Like I would always say like Pinsky's like the Get Up Kids to my friends or something. So that's like when we go back to like our influences, like I'm a huge descent. Like I think all of us are big Descendants fans. But Pete and Jeff love American football. Yeah. Um, those are like a big influence. The Get Up Kids. Emo. Emo. But like that second wave of emo. Yeah, that's so like more like under the radar bit of emo. Yeah, so if you look at like the first wave, you think about like, you know, rites of spring, embrace, more aggressive. Yeah, like emotional hardcore, and then you had like that early or mid '90s emo where it was like the Saves the Days, the Get Up Kids, the Piebald. I think I'm getting all my dates right. And then you have, like, the Taking Back Sunday emo. Right, right, and like that was a little more. Um... I don't even know what to say. I just commercial sounding. Yeah, maybe, right? That's how I would say it. Like, but even Taking Back Sunday is commercial, but they still had a little bit of that edge, right? That sharp sharpness yeah. that an emo band has. It did get a uh, – now it got way out of fucking hand, the whole emo thing. Uh, with like – if you call Machine Gun Kelly emo, I, no, I don't know. I, I don't some people so. do, right? I, I mean – Well, some people are wrong. Some people are very <laughs> wrong. Like, I, mean, I don't think that like – Joe Strummer would be like rolling over in his grave right now. I Joey Ramone would I be. I mean, insane. I'm not sure why it's allowed to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why it's allowed to happen either. It's incredible that Travis Barker backs it and like produces it as all because I'm like, yo, he's like an OG, but um, he's a yo, he's a dope producer because the shit sounds like 
it sounds good. Like it sounds like uh, commercial music. So do you ever try to listen to genres like really outside of like all of these? Definitely. Mostly. That's what I listen to in life. I mean, uh, well, I don't want to say mostly, but grew up as much as I love punk. Then I finally grew out of it yeah. a little bit. Right. Um, my favorite, a big theme in the show is that like probably my favorite ever of all time is John Mayer. Really? So it's like I play it. I make it fun and stuff. Yeah. I got the John Mayer signature Paul Reed Smith guitar. I love him okay. so much. My girlfriend just got me a uh, notebook with his face on it. Okay. So, uh, well. I mean, but, uh. I do also listen to other shit, though, rock, and I'm a big blues guitar guy. Yeah. I did see that little video you played, like, a blues look and then farted into the Yeah, guitar. that one didn't go over as well as I thought it was. I thought people were going to like that. I liked it. You know, I made a reel, and then I realized I posted the wrong one. It was a blurry video, and then I went to redo it, and I was like, simmer on this fart reel for a second. Maybe I'll release it later. It was pretty good. I actually shot – I shit myself in that video. As well. Really? Yeah, I, like, was telling my girlfriend – I just talked about this on podcast, Don't Matter – Um. Tell I, normal like chill Saturday. I'm telling her, you know, like if you fart into an acoustic guitar, it will like echo <laughs> out, and like that hall's like very. I like to play in that hall because yeah. it gives some good acoustics. And I was like, she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. Like I'll show you right now. And I then I did that video and I fart. I shit myself. Isn't that incredible on a Saturday morning? And it did an echo. It it, echo. I just like farted and like now you're gonna get pink eye if you fucking touch that thing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. Yeah, so I do listen to other shit. Um, so I try to listen to other shit. But you're just punk. I, I, I would not say that I'm just punk because there's like – I've been like playing like drums a bunch again and like I've gone through some old books and like learning like – there's this book called like – it's uh, On the Beaten Path and it talks about like different drummers like from all like spectrums of music yeah. and I'm going through it and like learning them. And so like, oh, like, oh, it's a funk thing and I'll go listen to like a James Brown song and I'm like, you know, playing along to it or whatever. Beat. Yeah, and it's like cool or whatever. And then I'll like put on music. Like I'll try. I love Weezer. I can only listen to Weezer for so long. Mm-hmm. Or like uh, not a surf, but I can only listen to not a surf for, a for so long. And uh, or they might be giants. You know, Blue Traveler. I've seen Blue Traveler. This is a fun fact about me. I've seen Blue Traveler fifteen or sixteen Jesus times. Jesus Christ! I have multiple autographed harmonicas <laughs> from him. I fucking That's love. So fucking sick, dude. Love Blue Traveler. But I can listen to fucking punk rock. Nonsense. It's your bread and butter. It's my bread and butter. Yeah. What's like the punk band that you always put on? Probably the Clash. Uh, probably I am the Avalanche will be like my go-to. Yep. Like, I I I love the movie life. I am the Avalanche. That like group. I love like that Long Island, or like New York. Right. You know, I I always appreciate the East Coast punks. Yeah. Because it's like, throughout time they've gotten their their dues, but it's kind of a little overshadowed by the the West Coast punk. You know what I mean? Gets gets a lot of fame. Yeah, so I do. So you don't listen to. So you only can listen to punk. And well, it comes like to, I was talking years ago. I'm, I was no, skating no, with a guy. He's like, I can only listen to rap, and I was like, that's so dope. Like, like I'm, I wish I was kind of like that. I, I, it's not that I can't listen to other stuff. Like I'll put on like when I cook. I like to cook at home. Mm-hmm. I'll put on. I'll put on Dolly Parton. Sick. I'll put on Patsy Cline. You know, I'll put on like stuff like that while I'm cooking. But like if I'm like doing something, I'm like, what the. You're a punk. I, I, I am. Like, yeah, everyone's so sick. So I, do do you still play drums a lot? You're saying you're starting to play more. Yeah. So we sinking ships that signed Pinsky, which was like the the smaller label out of New York. They saw uh, they saw us at a bar called. That's a funny story. What is it? So we get the show at this bar called the Trash Bar, which is you still can have one of these, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Whatever flavor you want. So we we uh. We had the show at this trap, uh, this bar called the Trash Bar in New York, which was like this famous 
Sounds like a nice place. Yeah, this famous club or whatever. We drive into New York. It's in the middle of a snowstorm. We're in my older brother's truck mm-hmm. because it could seat five. And I think it was the first show. Well, not one, it wasn't the first show, but it was one of the first shows that Mike Tim played with us, who replaced our first bass player. And uh, we're in the most left lane, and we have to get to the most right lane. Okay. We're towing a trailer. I'm in this big truck. And middle of a snowstorm. They got like a foot and a half of snow. <laughs> this sucks. And you obviously, you can't drive with the music up mm-hmm. because it's impossible to... <laughs> you got to turn it. <laughs> and so we, we fucking, like, everybody's, like, hanging out the window, like, let us go. We get over to, like, the most right lane and we get on this, like, side street. We turn it on. Jay-Z's in New York. <laughs> as soon as we get there. So we go play this. We go play this show at the trash, the trash bar. Mm-hmm. And we brought one, my roommate with us as like our guitar merch whatever guy helper helper and uh he has no money and we get to the bar and we like get like a beer whatever and he checks his atm (laughs) statement and he's like my tax returns just hit and he just comes up with like if there's you know five of us he just comes up with like 10 drinks (laughs) like a beer and a shot for everybody so we're like sitting there having like a beer or two and then he goes into like so it's like the the room like the bar and then there's like a curtain and there's like the venue. Yeah. And he just comes and we go into the venue and he sits there and he, we go up to the bar and he's like it's open bar. He's like it's fucking open bar, dude. <laughs> and so we're just like walking up to this bar and like can we get like a PBR and a whiskey ginger? Can we get like a PBR and a shot of bourbon? Can we get a gin tonic and a shot of bourbon? <laughs> and we're just like filling our table. We get pretty drunk and we play our show and uh, this kid Steve Kelly. He's like, I like you guys. I want to put out your record. So you played good, we, even though you were hammered. We were hammered drunk. I feel like you guys always, from what I've seen, I remember you guys always played pretty well. But I might have also had, like, ignorant punker ears. And you guys were playing like shit, so it sounded better. We fucked up one show. There was one show I think we may have, like, pre-gamed a little hard. And we messed up one song, and then we, like, did it again. And we said we weren't going to drink that much before shows after that. Yeah. You know, I fucking had never good luck even having a couple beers in me when i was playing because i was just was not that fucking good at the time yeah when i was younger nowadays i don't I, I drink but i could probably handle a little I, I actually practiced guitar throughout the years i got a little better but uh smoking weed always has been fine with me for playing but i never could play instruments when i was drunk yeah i don't know we always just drank beer well, the theme <laughs> of the band. that's why i I, yeah. I was like definitely go to the store and get a beer before yeah. the podcast yeah, so i got one um pinsky was and that was so like i mean we're talking about like um I, I maybe I don't even know if I was 21, man. I because I was uh me and my buddy Scott, who was a massive Pinsky fuck. Maybe your guys' biggest fucking fan. He loved fucking Pinsky. Like he's fucking. That's kind of how I was listening to you guys originally so much. But uh, we would just like drink PBRs when we were like 19 <laughs> in the shed. This kind of d- January. Yeah. But it was freezing, you know. Yeah. Smoking butts and drinking PBR, listening to like Pinsky, Get Up Kids, shit like that. That's really what I think of when I. You know how yeah. kind of your memories of music. I remember freezing my ass off, shaking, but loving every minute of it. Yeah, just listening to uh, losing touch and losing shit. touch. So that's the sinking ship thing. So we, they wanted to sign us. We recorded losing touch, and that was like the the CD that they put out. And so that was like ten years ago, which is fucking crazy to think about. Incredible. And so they put out it on vinyl. Yep. And so they want us to do like, there's been like the nostalgia vibe has come back. So we played. Jeff, Mike, Tin, and I played last summer once, and then all of four of us played together. Where? At, at Suntiki. Oh, really? And so we're practicing this weekend. Oh, killer. Yeah. 
Are you playing a show? Practicing for a show? Well, I don't know, but well, I don't know. Definitely, you gotta let me know the second you. Yeah. Know. So I think I think that's the game plan is to figure out how we can do like print some fucking shirts, bro. Yeah. I don't I know. Sparks, Sparks printed shirts when they did their reunion show. If you print enough, you'll be able to get rid of them. Just don't eat them all. You know yeah. what I mean? That's the thing. I fucking have ate quite a bit of fucking merch in my day. Oh, yeah. Like, if I go to my parents' house, like, my first two bands, I think our attic still has, like, hundreds of CDs. I have a local nothing shirt that I tell myself that I'll fit back into one day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and, like, I, I get I, – I'm wondering where my Pinsky shirts are because they might be in the attic. I tried to keep most of my, like, band merch – and like I put it away, you know the uh, more of the local stuff. Yeah, I have no idea where this fucking box could possibly be. Yeah, and I mean, there's some things. My Stanner Street shirt. I wish I still had I have, I have the you key know. Portland Awesome. Yeah, I had the one. That one was sick. Mine had like uh, the Time and Temperature Building, I think. Okay, yeah, and it was green. Uh, love dark green shirts. So that was just a big bonus for me. Um, what other local bands were sick? Um, you play with the sophomore beat a bunch. I was gonna actually ask if you because damn, I, I feel like you guys could like jive like on a show together. Yeah, and they were so I was a little bit younger, and they were like simmering out a little when I was like getting more into shows because they like came, they like broke up, and um, and I don't know when they broke up, but I remember like they weren't always around once right. I started playing shows. He was a good fucking drummer. Oh, I can't. God, I can't think of that kid's name, but he was a good drummer. We played. I can picture his face too. Right in South Portland with him, one and just this. I was like, kind of by the drums, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, that kid was good. Uh, Seth from Colors. We played with them a lot too. That kid was really good at drums. I, I, I Colors. Yeah, I remember that name. Yeah. Wow. A lot of freaking music somebody, in Maine, dude. Somebody posted something about any booking, and they had all these flyers and like. That's what I've been looking for any booking flyers and like. I'll try to if I can find it. I'll send it to you. Like I went through it and I was like, man, all these bands, all these bands, all these bands. Right. So you heard it here first. Pinsky is practicing. We are practicing. Is it good? No. <laughs> Actually, no, uh, no, no. It's um. It's going well. It, it the, the the times we have practiced, it's gone pretty well. It is a lesson in humility. As a drummer, it is tough to practice. Yeah. Unless you have like a fucking drum kit. So Jeff and Mike. Miketon plays in a like a alt country band called the Night Blinders. Okay, and Jeff just started a band called Light Crush that got, like, that sinking ship put out. You'd like it. it's like punk rock. Uh, uh, Light Crush put out like a three song EP. Sweet. Or sinking ship put out a, a Light Crush. My 11 a.m. PBR is catching up to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lemonade. Uh, no. PBR. No, I said my 11 a.m. PBR oh, is catching okay. up to me. Um, no, sinking ship put out Light Crush's three song EP. So they've like all played Pete, you know, he's been married, his kids and doing that sort of stuff. Wow. And, and you know, being a drummer, it's hard to practice, but I bought an electronic kit and I got that's, that's what you have to do. Yeah. You get the headphones, right? Yeah. So electronic like, kits seem like they've made some progression from when I was in the middle school band room and we had a shitty one. And it was like a rubber practice pad. Yeah. yeah. Now they're like actually pretty good. They're like, pretty good. Yeah. And you can get some cool like sounds. So we have like this shitty room in our apartment that I practice in. I've been trying to practice most days. But yeah, it's humbling to relearn all those songs and to and be, hear them again. To hear right? them, and, not like yeah. You probably listen to them that often, right? No, it's weird now. Like I've been listening to them while I'm practicing. Like you know, like I put it on Spotify or whatever, and then I'll go to the gym or whatever, and it'll be like Bayside, and then Pinsky, ah. <laughs> or like you'll be in the car with somebody. Like I'll be like, hey, I'll, I'll drive, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh. you ever like listen to, to your old recordings and think like they kind of like you're like, oh yeah, I kind of sucked, or like, uh, not sucked, but like maybe like. 
I so, would have played it a little bit differently, embellished this a little bit differently. Absolutely. Self-loathing artist syndrome. Yeah, and like being a drummer, unless they're like you're amazing, and at least for me, like I always hated going into the studio because you never play to a click track, and then you got to play to a click track. And I think I'm. I always thought I was a fun drummer to watch live, mm-hmm. but you play the songs faster and. You know, so for me, it was always like, it was a tough, it's a tough thing to like record. I think I could do it better now. Well, I think if we were, you know, like again, like the Monday morning quarterback type of thing, like I could, in retrospect, like how would I do things differently? I would have done things differently. Absolutely. I mean, a hundred percent. Absolutely. I would have practiced more. Yeah, me too. Like (laughs) instead of like dicking off, I would have set boundaries. I would have set boundaries with people in my life being like, no, I can't go out tonight. No, I can't work this extra shift. No, that's how you get good. That's how you get good. If you want to be an actual, actual. – there's like good – there's like decent, good, and then that next level. Yeah. And if you want to be no, – not a lot of people get to that level because they don't do those things. Yeah. And you I have to that, be missing dates. Yeah, you have not to. Not getting laid yeah. on purpose, right? Like that kind Miss, of stuff. Missing bar nights, missing, you know, like snowboarding, missing skateboarding, missing, you know, certain things. And, I, and now, like, you know, it's like, do you regret anything? Well, of course you regret things, but would you do things differently? Yeah, of course you would. But do you really regret things? Has it shaped your path? Most people, I think, overthink like a regret as like, well, I would do it differently, differently now. And it's like, well, that's not regretting. It's like, oh, shit, man. Yeah. Why? It's like if you're – you know what I mean? Everybody wishes they practice their instrument. Right. <laughs> who 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 doesn't? Who doesn't? Yeah. yeah. Or whatever they, they do. They, right. They're a painter. They're a skater. Yeah. They wish they – Would have done things differently for sure. So I think like going back now like – I would have done a little bit different things with Pinsky being like, no, I can't do these things today. This is my time to practice. This is, sure. this is a priority. I like to read a lot. And so one thing that like people talk about like is to-do list, which are great, but like the successful people don't do to-do list. They, 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 they block out time in their day. And like so, schedule time? Yeah. Yep. So it's I've like, heard that. So instead of being like, oh, I got to do these 10 things today, it's like, no, I got to read from 11 to 12. And from 12 to 1, I got to go to the Most gym. Most success, highly yeah, successful people yeah, will like be doing, doing that. that type of stuff. Yep. And I wish I would have understood that as like. That kind of stuff wasn't so like in your face like it is now yeah. though, growing up. You know, the internet and stuff really made like a lot of like, if you even want to call that self-help, it kind of is in a way. It's like helping you figure yeah. out how to schedule your life a little. You know, the internet just showed me so many books and stuff that I read and changed my fucking life. Really into, um, you know who John Joseph Cromag is at all? The original singer of the Cromag. Well, he said Cromag and all um, <laughs> He's just, he's a, he's a writer and he, he's heavy into the PMA and stuff. And uh, that's the kind of stuff that really just, uh, I don't really know the fuck I'm going with it. I just got no. into that kind of shit. Like, I don't want to call it self-help, but like thinking more in like the reality of life a little sure. bit. Right. That kind of stuff can make me. I, I have a cork board with like I, I'll put notes and stuff so I can physically look at it and think. I don't write fuck schedule time out to do shit. I probably should because I'm so overwhelmed with the podcast all the fucking time. Do you, when you read? Do you like read like a on a tablet or like books mostly? Like yeah. paper book? Yeah, like, paper books. So if I read, I have a pen or a highlighter with me. Yeah, that's what people tell me I should do. So and I'm I, like, I spent thirty bucks on this thing. <laughs> so if you were like, dude, can I? If you went to my house and you're like, dude, can I borrow this book? I'm like, yeah, sure. It would just be like all fucking blue or whatever. No, yeah. I gave a book. What are some good ones I should check out? The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Okay. Give me a little like short. So he talks – it's – the compound effect is like compound interest, right? You start here and like it builds up. So it's the same thing. It's like you don't have – you don't eat a cheeseburger, right, and get fucking – you know, gain 50 pounds. You're vegan, right? But whatever. Right, yeah. Fried tofu. Fried tofu. 
you don't gain 50 pounds. You don't have a cigarette and then become like addicted. Yeah. But if you have a cigarette every day, eat that cheeseburger every day. So it's the same thing about like positive like things like, oh, I'm going to get up at five every day and like work out. And he, that book is fucking so good. I listened to it on a road trip and then I bought it and read it. But that's a game changer. David Goggins. Do you know yeah, that guy? I, I have his book. I have his book. Some, Can't people, hurt some me. people don't like him. Some Can't people don't like me. him. I'm like, why would you not like him? That guy, like, every time I'm down, I, I'll, like, listen to something or, like, I'm like, that guy fucking had it the worst. And he's just this, I used like, to fall asleep to the audio. Yeah. Yeah. So, Can't Hurt Me. That was a good one. Um, Incredible. I love his his writing. So funny. He's like, I was fat as shit. Yeah. Stuff, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's a funny thing, too. Like, I bought that book to read and I bought the clean version. Did you? I didn't know there was a clean I, I didn't know there was either. I ordered because I try to like support local. It like says a lot of swears in it. Yeah, so I tried to support local. So I went to a local bookstore and I was like, Can I buy this like book? And they they shipped it in for me. I probably paid five dollars. But I wanna like like that's me, like I want to sure. support local. You're a Portland got, guy. Yeah. I was like, oh the clean version? What the fuck? <laughs> I didn't know there's a fucking clean version. So when plus forty four came out, I went to Bullman's and bought the C D and I'm twenty whatever. Yeah. And I bought the the clean version. Dude. That's fucking funny. I was in eighth grade when that came out. I wanted that CD so bad, obviously. The hype the hype around that was yeah. amazing. So I went and had my mom take me to Target yeah. first day, oh, and I had to buy the clean. Never. It was the only one left. There's like two swears on the album. Yeah. We don't give up what the, the price, price is. is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think I still have the clean plus 44 album. Oh, I definitely do. It doesn't um, even need to be clean. There's no. like two swears on it. What else? Uh, Malcolm Gladwell. Okay, I'm not he, familiar. He wrote Outliers, which is the 10,000 hours theory. Like if you do something like for 10,000 hours, you're like a master or like prof- like an expert or like proficient yep, at it. good. But he talks about like – it's super interesting how like we think about like certain people just get lucky, which is kind of true. But he talks about like the circumstances of like how these people like have gotten where they're at. Like the Beatles – the Beatles got into a strip club circuit really? where they were like playing like adult clubs, but they would play like six days a week for eight hours. So imagine if you were in a fucking band playing eight hours a day, six days a yeah. week, you're going to be fucking good. And they had to learn blues and rock and jazz and all this other stuff. And it shows. And it shows. Um, yeah. I don't want to get into like too many details though. That book was like really, really cool. But Malcolm Gladwell's written a couple. Um, I just read a book called Drive by Daniel Pink. I know that book. I haven't read it, but I I know it. And then uh, I'm finishing this book called Switch by the Heath Brothers. It's really interesting. And it talks about, like, how to shape your path between, like, like the emo version, your, like, intellectual version, and how to, like, figure out how to get there. Right. Like, how do you say, hey, I want to be on a diet. I know I want to lose weight, but there's that fucking cake, the vegan cake for you. Yeah. And how do you you not eat I'm a big vegan cake baker, too. I love it. Yeah. Vegan Betty Crocker. Yeah. So how do you not eat the vegan cake when you should just be eating your, your celery? Right. You know, you know what? I got really hooked on cigarettes early, and it was a hard time for me to quit. Um, Through the process of finally quitting a couple years ago, like it was kind of like that voice in the back of your head. How do you not smoke? It was almost like I was constantly just like reminding myself, like, tell it to fuck off. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, no, no, no. What yeah. about Rich Roll? Does that name sound familiar? I, I like his book a lot. Uh, I know I know the name, but I couldn't He's like it. a health and fitness uh, podcaster ultra marathon runner kind of guy okay. he's, he's he's in with toby morrison shit so i thought maybe you know okay him. yeah that's one of those he's yeah. like very la uh yeah that's a I little know. too much la for me sometimes but uh toby morrison's podcast he has like a lot of a lot of people on there josh brolin yeah i mean it's really gone from like not even just punkers it's yeah like mad people who live next door to him somehow it's a great show his kid too ha- max yeah great he's you know he's the drummer of h2o now i want to know that story this is what i i think is what I've understood is um, 
everybody in H2O, I think, lives in California, but the drummer lives in Jersey. So when they like play shows, Max plays with them for the most part. And same with so you know how his brother is like in H two O, but he never plays with them. He's an offspring. He like only plays with H two O when he's in the area. Yeah. And same thing with the drummer now, which is like a lot of bands that do that when they're aging because they like they have to have a job. Yeah, and they have to live wherever. I guess you know they're East Coasters. Yeah. Even though they've been a California band kind of longer. Well, MXPX like those like. Other than like Mike Herrera, like the other two guys, like work at like a ship, like the shipyard. No, Mike's in really. Yeah. No, Mike's in Goldfinger. I right. Saw. Well, he's like he still does MXPX and like Goldfinger stuff and his like podcast and whatever. But like the other two guys, like work at like the Birmingham like shipyard. What like, about uh? You ever listen to Chris DeMakes a podcast? Yeah, the guy from Lost and Jake. Like that, he has some good ones on there sometimes too. I mean, if you're into songwriting, if you're not a songwriter or into songwriting or geek out, you would not like this podcast. But that that's a I like that one because it's the sound isn't great. It's got a little more DIY sounding, you know? Yeah. So it hits home with my show a little because my show's a little shitty sounding sometimes. So Pete, like, go back to songwriting. Pete and I were like, I wrote, like, as the drummer, like, I wrote a bunch of the lyrics for Pinsky. Mm-hmm. Did you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, did you uh, write Losing Touch? Um, my favorite? I don't know if I wrote all of Losing Touch, but I know, like, there was, like, bits Do of... Do you play guitar? I can, like strum some chords and like, like a so- punk song yeah like i mean i can play damn it you know Sick. you know like a couple other little riffs here you never there. got into it huh so that's like uh so i'd always want it like so go back to the compound effect so that's something like i always wanted to play guitar and bass and i own like i own a gibson sg i own a fender telecaster and like a martin acoustic i own a fender p bass i own like a fender starcaster bass like but I can only like half ass it. <laughs> you just have sick gear. I have I sick it. gear. But I'm an SG guy too. I got a black one. Yeah, I saw that. But I never put like that consistent. I never put the money in the bank for let it to, to let it grow. Right. I'd get it and like play for six weeks and then. And then put it down. Put it down. Because you don't set those like priorities. It's always been a thing that was there and easy to like. Like I hate. I, I have so many fucking guitars now that they have to be cased up. Yeah. But I have some out. But it's like I love it because it's like drums. Unless you're lucky, you can't just like sit down at your drums, pop, pop, pop for 10 minutes. Have you ever timed yourself? When I'm playing? Yeah. When I was, I, for a couple years ago, I was like, I'm going to take guitar a little more seriously. And it did elevate me to a next step. Yeah. Not great, you know. But a next step. But, um, and I was like, okay, I'm doing like 15 minutes of pentatonic. And then I'm doing 15 minutes of like the pentatonic with the blues note just to get my muscle memory in. And it did work. But then it's like to continue doing that year after year. That's when it gets fucking challenging. That's like me and exercising right fucking yeah. now. I'm going through some hard times trying to get exercising. I'm also injured a little bit. I'm like, damn, I'm a, I'm a bit of a runner. Yeah, I ran a marathon. I, I think I – somehow I, I thought – maybe I was just assuming you were a runner, but I thought I'm trying I to get back into that, yeah. When's the last time you ran? Uh, Ran, ran a couple weeks ago. I've been getting into biking and running and like Biking's swimming. better for my knee. Yeah. So I biked on Saturday. What's well, today, Monday? Yeah. Yeah. I worked yesterday, so I, I went ice fishing, and then I worked yesterday. So, I, yeah, I, ran, I, I biked Saturday, and I ran Friday, I think. Nice. I haven't ran in a fucking hot minute now. Actually, months now, probably October, late October is the last time I ran. I really stretched my fucking knee out, you know, and I mean, I got that runner's knee going on. Yeah. Like, I used to be able to crank out, like, a good five- or six-mile run and, yeah. like, come home with that feeling. You feel like a new man, and then, like, I would end up getting now. I get like half mile in, one mile in, and I'm like, "You running really? on a treadmill or are you on a only outside I've ever ran? Treadmill outside I've ever ran. Treadmill's the worst for me. Why? I just get bored. That's I. 
never consistently went to a gym, but when I went to the gym, I hated the fucking treadmill. Once I started running outside, I fell in love with it. Yeah, me too. Because it's an adventure. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, you know, and I have a little smoke. So I go, really? Oh, yeah. I've done some of my most hardcore runs. I mean, I'm not completely blazed, but I'll like take a couple when I'm stretching. Yeah. Right. I'll take a couple hits. When I first started running, I was a pack a day smoker. Really? You still smoke? No. Good for you. Yeah. One of them, I dated a girl and she didn't like it. And then uh, most like, you know, working in restaurants or whatever and playing in bands, everybody fucking smokes. Nobody cares. And then I had a fraternity brother that he was like, dude, you got to stop. And he bought me a book. And you, the book was called like Alan Carr's Easy Way to Quit Smoking. And uh, you smoke the entire time when you read it. And if you're not ready to quit at the end of it, you read it again. And so I read it twice. And then I was just like, yeah, I'm good. Wow, I never heard of that book. Yeah, and like on the like like Jason Mraz, like oh, it's quit smoking because of this book. Like yeah. he's quit. Like it came out in the eighties, and like and it's like the famous not smoker. Yeah, book. and he's like done other books like how to lose weight, how to quit drinking, like all this stuff. But that fucking like smoking one, I was like, huh? What was it about? It just some of the stuff said in it, huh? Yeah, so it talks about like how hunger pains are no worse than like cigarette cravings, and like like I mean again, I was like a pack a day, you know, like but you can get on a five hour flight. And not smoke a cigarette. Mm-hmm. So what's like, what really? You is, can be at work like for however, however long, long until and not your break. Yeah, right? that's what I would recommend. Yeah, and not smoke a cigarette. So it's like this. You know, it's uh, it kind of talks about like how it has to bring like you wanting to smoke brings you back to neutral. Right. So it's not like. So like the people that don't smoke are always here, but because you smoke, you have to smoke to get back. Quitting smoking is a fucking journey on everybody's own. If any, I'm so stoked and people can do it because, I mean, my folks have smoked. They're like fucking whatever in their 60s, and they just smoked their whole life. They still smoke inside. Oh, I'm my like, aunt, Insane. I'm so glad I dodged that one. My aunt, she smoked her entire mm-hmm. life, and she lived, you know. Yeah. I mean, they're doing pretty fine. I just I was feeling the uh, negative side effects of it hard. 439 days. Wow. So that's over a, a year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, Thanksgiving. I just hit last. It was the day after Christmas three years ago. Oh, good for you. Yeah, so uh, I feel great. Do you ever of, miss it? No, really, no. I really towards the end, I was really self-loathing about it. Would look at myself in the mirror and be like, "You're gonna get sick, bro." You, you know that kind of dark. Yeah. You get dark with it, right? And I needed to get that fucking dark with it. Yeah. But uh, so I don't miss it. I did not want to be a smoker towards the end of it. I, what I do miss is um having things to do with people when there was nothing to do. But then that that means uh. You know what I mean? When you're hanging out, you're like, uh, yeah, goes on. But, uh, then what about vape, the, do you vape at all? No, I, I, I never have since I quit, yeah. but I've tried to quit in the past and I was a vapor. I only thing I do is uh marijuana. Yeah. Only thing I do. And I smoke fucking so much of that. I should probably chill the fuck out. Cause it's just, uh, not that I have a problem. I can do anything stoned. I'm like that kind yeah. of stoner. Cause I've hit that level with it, but it's just, <sighs> I smoke so much. It's like, yeah. I wanted to be healthy, you know? So I can't like, I, uh, you're not a smoker. No, once in a great while. Yeah. Um, Why? You get scared? So, again, like, going back to, like, punk rock, I uh, hippie smoked pot, and I fucking hated hippies because I was a punker. Yeah. So I never wanted to smoke. And then um, I kind of, like, missed the boat on smoking. And then every now and then I'll try, and it just, like, ruins. I had some buddies who, like, never smoked or never drank or whatever and that same thing they're like i just never like i missed the fucking boat yeah it's like and that, that's like that's why i don't do it i could so the menzingers played aura a couple summers ago mm-hmm. and i was training for a race so i wasn't drinking and uh but all my buddies were up 
and we're bouncing around from like bar to bar and they're having beers and it's like this gorgeous like Portland day. Yeah, perfect. Perfect. And I'm like, I'm getting pissed. Like I want a beer. With, I, <laughs> like I want a beer with my friends. Yes. Like these are people it I don't, so good. these are people I don't see anymore, you know? And uh, I had edibles in my fridge. And so one of my buddies was like, hey, can you meet me back at your place? I parked my car. And so I run back home, feed my cats. And I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to eat some edibles. It's over. Was it over? I'm in the. How much bo- did you eat? I have no idea. They were a in whole my whole one fr- or something. Yeah, yeah, I have no You're idea. Supposed to have like a bite. Yeah, if you don't smoke. And so I just remember we were at this one bar, and I'm like, and it just hits me, and I'm looking at the stairs like it's Mount Everest. And I'm like, fuck, oh, what am yeah. I gonna do? And they had pretzels on the table, and I'm like, if I can take my right hand, grab a pretzel, and put it to my mouth, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be able. I'll be able to walk up those stairs, but like growing back up in skateboarding, like you had to do a trick twice, right? For it to count. For it to count. <laughs> so I was like, "Cool, <laughs> one make, cool." <laughs> yeah, and it finally like got out of it. Like, so did you go up the stairs? I got up the stairs. No, I got I... out and I saw the Menzingers. Yeah, I just fucking. But my buddies were like, I didn't tell anybody that were, you were on an edible. Yeah, and they're like. What what are you doing? Do they think you're they're like, what the hell they're is like, that? Like, what's up, Andre? And I'm like, no, oh, they're just listening to everybody's conversations. Dude, that's so <laughs> Can I get another man. espresso, please? <laughs> uh, yeah, I look co- coffee and weed is my thing, you know? And it's like a horrible fucking combination because it just makes you anxious. Yeah. You know, um and it makes you I mean, on the podcast it just makes me like <laughs> sometimes, you know. When I'm by myself it's good. Yeah. But uh yeah, coffee and weed is kind of what's get me through and I've uh done a I guess unintentional good job of branding myself with weed on the internet. Yeah. So now I got to stick with it. Yeah. Um. Actually, I have some. Uh, would you like some goodies? I'll take Can some I goodies. Can I give you some goodies? Yeah. I just found these two. You get one of the koozies. I'm sorry. Okay, that's fine. I, these are from my friend uh, Mongo Chatter and me. We did a split koozie. That's What's another Mongo Chatter. There, he's a skateboarder po- uh, podcaster from New England. Now he lives in Texas. He's kind of documenting uh, skateboarding all over the country, but and okay. New England. I've been on his show. He's been on my show. Great guy. This is one of our. Uh, the, the, these are limited smoke weed go vegan sticker and then here's uh i guess two of these is what i got for you perfect so i mean i know it ain't much but i don't have much merch right now no that's awesome i'm about to do so a... i was telling one of my buddies last night i'm like i'm gonna be on this podcast today and that's like the moron voice audio right. and he's like moron voice like calling me an idiot have you well, heard that before well, that's what it is oh. actually because uh I didn't really plan on it being like as many 50 fucking episodes. Yeah. Incredible. You know, but uh, so I had some other like one was like the something like idiot show or something. I don't know. There's some joke names. And it's like the when I say it, I say like the moron. Like, it's right. Because like, I'm I'm an idiot. Right. So, yeah. And it's uh, then some people, they're like, I don't get it. The moron. Like what? what it doesn't make sense. And it's kind of like if you listen, then you'll know. Yeah. But uh and it looks good. It does look good. It's Would a nice I tra- logo. Yeah, my friend made that for me. Great with the coffee cup. It's like yeah. kind of funny. Uh, maybe I'd, I'd pick a different name. You know, and I'm already reflecting on this shit. Maybe yeah. I would have not. I didn't even think about it. Without a question, I was just like, that's the name. You know what I mean? That's what I had. Yeah, that's it. And I got some new merchandise coming out. I think I'm going to do like a pre-order or something. But I just do what I can because I pay fucking to put these things the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, which is kind of ridiculous, but it's a, it's a full on hobby. So uh, I'll, I'll definitely send you off with some uh, those goodies. That's awesome. Thanks for taking them. I kind of need them out of my fucking life. Yeah. And here we are at the end of the show once again. 
this was a uh, great experience here. Reconnecting with somebody I never really connected with, but I kind of did, you know? And it was always rad seeing Pinsky play. Maybe my favorite ever main band. And, um... Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks for having me. And uh, I'll keep you informed if we do get that reunion going. If you get the reunion mm. going, let me know. Mm-hmm. If you get shirts, let me know. We'll do. And if you ever press a record again, let me know. All right. Did you get our record? N- n- no, not the. Did the, is that like a new thing? Yeah, they put it out. We'll, get, we'll still, get your record. Can you still re- get it? Yeah, I'll get your record. Really? Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, I'll I, get your I have the for CDs. On it. Yeah. I have the CDs still. I think they're in like a plastic case, maybe the Pinsky CDs, yeah. like a slip thing. But I still have those in my collection. Uh, Andre, thank you for coming on here. Thanks for having me. This this was really cool uh, talking punk rock with you, and uh, just talking to another fucking rad musician. Well, maybe we can both learn how to kickflip in 2023. <laughs> Probably fuck not, dude. <laughs> Uh, you can listen to the Moron Voice Audio Show on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. That's at the Moron Voice on uh, Instagram. Check out uh, Type in Pinsky on Spotify. That's P I N S K Y. Uh, not Pink Sky. I've typoed that many of times in my day. Check that out on uh, Spotify. I just was. It's the Moron Voice Audio Show, everybody.